It's game week, baby! This week, the guys go through special teams, make their predictions for the full schedule on the year, and break down the upcoming game against Northwestern in Ireland. It's go time. 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 40, he's going to go! Holy cow! Big red junkies. Game by day, game by day, he is better than better! He is better than better! He is better than better! Turn this stadium inside out. It is motherfucking game week, bitches! <laughs> I don't think Jed's excited. Oh my god, I I'm just like, ugh, I can't take it. We're we're sitting here with our pitcher Kool Aid, and Jed is <laughs> drinking it tonight. Drinking it, sure. <laughs> Along with his Jaeger OJ, yes, his, the, the staple, the staple so far for this season. <laughs> So far, so good. I uh, we were hoping to get a show out last week, and lo and behold, I talk about it. And yep. the next thing you know, uh, oh man, we're going to be healthy this year. We're going to do whatever, and then somehow the flu already made its way through my house. So. Jinx. We haven't even started the season yet, man. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he you jinxed know, it but, right away. Hey, but we're not we're not giving up on this first game show. Of, of the course week, not. So. Of the season, so we're we're good on that. I got a little a little peach and water going tonight. We're good. We're yep. good. We did our shot. We said no more shots in the air. We don't want to make you guys listen to those throat well, noises. You said anymore. no more shots on the air, but whatever. <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of the throat noises. My bad. Uh, I mean, I I won't even go there again. I can't like. <laughs> Speaking of throat noises, whoa! That media deal. How is that a throat noise? I don't know, but I I feel like are somebody you, was hearing throat noises after they got that one. Are so. you saying someone choked that one down, or uh, maybe just more of some celebratory throat noises afterwards? Yeah, that was uh, that's kind of a big deal. This, oh I mean, it's it's not just the money factor. Obviously, uh, you know, you got about eight million, eight billion dollars, not million, uh, over seven years, and. The escalating clauses that are in that, as far as there's a specific clause that if they do add Notre Dame, then those CBS, NBC, and Fox will pay X amount of money. It's already in the contract. They don't have to reneg- renegotiate it whatsoever or anything else like that. And then not just the Notre Dame clause, they've got if you if they add this number of teams, then they all come back to the table in good faith and renegotiate the deal as far as what is going to be added to it. Well, I have to I have to imagine the markets it, it all depends on the teams. Teams yeah. they add. Yeah. Cuz if they're adding a bunch of bullshit team like it's one thing to put clause in there. Okay, if you get to 20 teams, cool, we hit this, but if they're all bullshit middle of nowhere teams that nobody watches TV, that ain't going to do it. That it's not going to move the needle for them. I think one of the other big deals is is the fact that it's going to end after this uh 2029 season, so it starts next year. So you're talking begin it ends. So we we re- we did this deal now and then we're going to also going to be doing another deal before the SEC even does another deal. I love it. Because the w- the way that their deal was structured and how long that was. So not just the SEC but also the ACC which obviously goes till 2036 and everything else. So we are basically going to be the Big 10 is going to be doing two TV deals. In the time span before the SEC does another one. The other thing that I love about this deal is who it's with. 
I love that it's on TV. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have cable. You don't have to have a streaming service. These games will be being played over the air. It's the NFL model. I mean, it's that's what it is. It's amazing. It's a it's a great fucking deal. It's one of those things. That, fuck, I was I was one calling the 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 COVID year. I was one calling for what's his name Warner's head. Warren. Yeah, or Warren's head. Yeah, and everybody. Fuck, was. I'm yeah. glad he's not gone. But it, I don't know it, if this deal gets done without him. It shows that he came from the NFL. Oh be, yeah, because that's what this Big TV time. deal is. It's the t- the NFL. Uh, prioritizes. I know that they do have the Sunday night game on ESPN, and that's fine. But they prioritize over-the-air football games. Yeah. And whether it's CBS, NBC, well, I guess, I'm sorry, ESPN has Monday night games, not Sunday night games, like I said. ESPN, or the NFL has CBS, Fox, and NBC on Sundays. That's exactly what the Big Ten is going to have on Saturdays. It's going to be fucking amazing. And the thing that I thought that was the most interesting, they had Amazon bidding on this and outbidding what they, they took. They did. And that, to me, just speaks to, no, this is about branding. This is about building awareness for our teams. And it's not just about the big boys. This is this has more to do, in my opinion, this is them looking out more for the recruiting and for the building of brands of the Rutgers, the Minnesotas, mm-hmm. the Northwesterns, those schools that never get nationally televised games. Man, so I I have I this thing, awesome. I have this thing, and I'll I'll put it up on our Facebook and Twitter page uh, a little bit later tonight. But uh, it I saw this thing. It said uh, most watch college football games in 2021. So it was the average uh, number of people that watch their games by and team. You mean by team? Gotcha. And they listed off the top. Uh, let's see, it'd be 40 teams. Eight times five is 40. Yeah. Um, and 12 of the 14 Big Ten schools are in this. Jesus. Are, of the, are in the top 40. And we're talking Indiana, Purdue, Illinois, like Maryland. We're talking not teams that people would think. You that, don't think of people watching Maryland football games. You, you wouldn't think that they'd be in the top 40. No. Um, but the people that are playing, th- that has to factor into it. The fact that they are playing in Ohio State, the yes, fact that they are playing in Michigan, they're of playing Nebraska. But this that, is still the average number. Yeah. It's not just no, the that. one game yeah. that they had a lot of people watching. This is the average. The, and, and hell, UCLA and USC, who we're going to be adding soon, also were in this top 40. So this is one of the things. So we had 12 teams in, our, in the Big 12 or Big 10 in this top 40. The SEC had 10. Wow. And so... We have the same number of teams, and they had two less teams on this top 40 list. It shows the power of not just having your own network. I know the SEC has their own network, but the Big Ten having their own network. (laughs) Yeah, but it's called ESPN. ESPN. I know. (laughs) But it shows the power of what the Big Ten can do. For sure. And I can only imagine having this sort of setup that they're going to have starting next year where they're having over-the-air games three three times a uh, Saturday – this number is only going to go up. It's incredible. Yeah, I th- I think it'll be interesting to see what kind of numbers we see on the Nebraska Northwestern game from a from a national standpoint. Yeah, just because it's the first game of the season. It's literally the first. And game. it's it's not a bullshit. You know, normally those games are like a Thursday night game at nine o'clock. It's Hawaii against somebody crazy. They do. Play, nobody. They do. Hawaii does play later that night. But anyway. But I mean, they <laughs> they, they normally play that week zero game, yeah. and nobody nobody watches that shit compared to. A, a, a former blue blood, if you want to call him that, call him Nebraska that, but it, le, a legitimate conference, Big Ten conference game, being the first game of the season with nothing else to watch, 
everybody's been starving for college football mm-hmm. to come back. I think it's going to be fucking awesome. Absolutely. Not to mention it's cool because it's in Ireland and you know mm-hmm. there's all this story that goes around with that. Even if it is two reasonably bad teams or teams we think are bad based on last year. Yeah, based on last year, yes. But now, man, we didn't... No, go ahead. You kind of like glossed over this, and I'm kind of curious. Not that we have to go down this big rabbit hole. You, you think Nebraska's a former blue blood, or you think they still are? Well, I think, I think that they're... Or did I mishear you? That's a great... So that's a great question, right? It's in the in the way that I look at blue blood football programs is the way that I look at blue chip stocks. Okay. Blue chip stocks in 1999, 2001, 2005 are not the same blue chip stocks that are in 2022. They're not. That's not to say that they aren't relevant because you still have the GEs, you still have the uh you know, fuck Procter Gamble, you've got uh Microsoft even back then they were they were a blue chip stock. They're they're still relevant. Yes, Johnson and Johnson's still very relevant. But now you have your Facebooks and your Twitters and your Googles and your you know Twitter's not, but you know, you know you get what I'm saying. Yeah. My point is there's a new era blue blood school and Nebraska isn't in that. Okay. I know and I I can't especially the way that you map that out, I you know me. I've I've been saying for a long time Nebraska is still a relevant program. No, we're still very relevant. Don't and get me wrong on that. No, no. I and you were saying we relevant. have a ginormous I, I fan base. Yeah, not just nationwide. That, just the way that the media treats us. The national media still treats us as almost like a blue blood. They, 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 do. they are. We we're are either a relevant. villain or we're yes. we're a villain or we're right now a charity case, but we're still talked about. Yes, that's the way it is. But I do I do believe I I can't completely disagree with you that we're not a blue blood, but I I. I think we're right on that edge. Like when we're, I, we're, we're teetering right now is really in my. It's kind of like an interesting conversation I heard the other day. Um, Jason Tatum was doing a sit down interview. Jason Tatum's a Celtics young young Celtics up and comer superstar in the NBA, and he was having a conversation with this gal about superstars and the difference between superstars and stars in the NBA. And she was saying there's like six, five or six superstars in the NBA. He was like, Nah, there's like twelve. And she was talking about, you know, like, oh, is Kyrie a superstar? Is Damian Lillard a superstar? Well, both of them have superstar caliber games. Mm-hmm. Both of them have reasons to not be considered superstars, whether it's they miss a shit ton of games, whether they have injury concerns, whether they haven't been there, they haven't done that. Like, Dame's never been far in the playoffs. He's never made a finals. Kyrie does have a championship, but he also has only played like 30 games in any season for the last four. You know, so you you look at situations like that and you're like, Okay, well, it's all it's all relative to who's talking about it. But when it comes to what I think of as blue blood or blue chip teams in the college football landscape over the last, call it 20 years, you think of Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Outside of those three specific, you start like the list starts to dwindle really, really fast. It does. I mean, you would you throw in Oklahoma because of the playoff appearances that they made. Yeah, probably Oregon. Basis. Uh, Oregon, yeah, I mean, I, Oregon for me is a borderline one because borderline, they've, they've yeah. had so much rotation at their head coaching spot. Yeah, you couldn't say Michigan no matter what they did last year. No, they weren't. That no, like the, that, the, yeah. and see, that's, a, that's another thing. It's it's all relative to what you're talking about. Yeah, are we talking about the last five years? Yeah, are we talking about the last twenty? Because, I mean, fuck for the first. What was it? Michigan State made the playoff the first two or three years that they had the one, playoff going. One year. It? it was just they, one. They made it the one year. I thought I thought they were right no. there every the first two or three years, but either way, that that's the way I look at it. I yeah. don't know. Maybe that's just being a little bit younger football fan. 
I don't know. No, but I mean, you're talking the last 15 to 20 years, and those are pretty much the teams. I mean, yes, you could I throw... I mean, I don't see Nebraska in that list it, whatsoever. If you're going 15 to 20 years, you could probably throw in an LSU because they've won a handful of national titles. Yeah, no, dur- I, I would throw frame. LSU in there, yeah. Um, probably even a Florida State, Yeah, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, they won back-to-back national titles, so... Yeah. Yeah, there, there are... It, again, Notre Dame depend- would be back in that. I mean, again, I know I hate Notre Dame, but... They were in, what, two to three national title games, I guess. But yeah. they, they got their ass smoked. Doesn't matter. They were there. Okay. I, I, I don't know that I would. I think they're more along the lines with Oregon than. But see, I think they also have some staying power from the previous generation of Blue Bloods. Maybe. Maybe that's. A, Again, I'm just. We are going way down this rabbit hole. <laughs> I, I'm more, I was more talking just the last 15, this is, 20 This would actually but. be a fun, like, non game show, show to just do. Bye week. You know what we should do is get Vegas in here and, and just get blitz drunk and have this conversation. <laughs> Not make it a Husker show at all. Literally just about college football and like, yeah. No, we, we okay. didn't do this. Vegas, I'm calling out to you. I know for <laughs> fucking sure you don't listen to this show because no. you're a Husker hater. But, but I, am, I am calling your ass and I'm getting you in here for one of these. Anyway, let's but go back to what we Talking about for. contracts, though, I do want to make mention Nick Saban's new contract whoa. that got lad. Well, it's said, not a surprise though. You said whoa. I, I, you know what's funny? My gut reaction was whoa. That's a lot. But then I the, wait, wait. When you say a lot, are you talking the money? I'm talking the money. But okay, in, in no. the years, in I, the years, that's what I said. Whoa, to was the number of years because he's going to be 79 when that contract yes. runs up. And do I expect him to get to the end of that? No. I don't know because no, here, here's won't. my thing though on that. Because earlier Tabitha goes, that'll make him like. Uh, will, will that make him the oldest? Coach in college football history, I was like, I don't know. And I thought to myself, Bobby Bowden, and I looked him up. He was 80 when he retired. Well, there's also, if you're talking all of college football, no matter the level, you've got like. I'm talking uh, about. Okay, okay, then never mind. I won't bring up He's John, about John to... Gagliarni from St. John's University. but Yeah, because yeah. St. John's has never been good at football. Not just not St. John's like the basketball program, St. John's. We're talking like Division Three, St. John's. Yeah. What was he, 100? Uh, he was really fucking old when he retired. <laughs> I don't remember the exact age, but, <laughs> but I don't. I don't. I look at Nick Saban and Bill Belichick. And yes, here comes the first Patriots reference. <laughs> I'm not even referencing the Patriots. I'm just talking about coaches' ages. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. uh, Saban, I think, is either a year older or a year younger than Belichick. Yeah, right there. And people last year were even talking. You know, is there a possibility Saban, if he wins, will he retire? You know, did he just not retire because? And I'm like. Why would he retire? No. What what what's what sign of slowing down have you seen? Oh, was it was it two years between national titles instead of one? Like what the fuck are you well, talking about? He's but, slowing but down. Not, not even that. Like all of the changes that have continuously happened, not just over the last two to three years in college football, but in the last ten to fifteen years, everybody always keeps trying to say. And hell, even the majority of the changes that have happened previous to them actually happening. Nick Saban is one of the coaches that continuously continuously says that he doesn't want X to happen, like, and then it ends up happening. But who's the first person to adapt when it when it comes into yeah, who's rule? always one step ahead? It seems exactly. Like. I think that's all a fucking ruse. It's kind of it's kind it's of more just like, like the him and Jimbo Fisher thing earlier this yeah. season. I thought it was all fucking bullshit. Oh no, that's real, but. It's, their hate may be real. Their but hate the, is real. The, the reason for them to argue like that, I thought that was all bullshit. The, the big thing for me is it's almost like Nick Saban says, "We we should not do this. Whatever this is, we, we should not do this." And he's basically trying to tell us, "If you do this, you're fucked." 
Yeah, cause I, because I've already th- game theoried this, and I I've know already how to, figured I know, it out. I know how to use it to rape you more. <laughs> I mean, this the transfer portal stuff. He didn't like that at the very beginning, and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, you mean you're the best running back in the one of the best running backs in the country? Oh, oh I missed out on you in recruiting, and you're gonna. Th- but that's what happened. But, but he's I, and he's I got one of the best guy, running backs ah. in the country yeah. who was a transfer, and like. That's just what he does. Again, he's always one. He might bitch about something, but he's gonna be ahead of the curve. Well, I look. I look at it for a program like Alabama, where just like you've talked about, the reason, basically, the main reason that you don't pay attention to recruiting and like put that much emphasis into the star recruiting, you know, oh, the three or four or five star recruits. I think the metrics on them have gotten better over the years, but better incrementally from minimal anyway. Because you still see guys, I, I think, uh, what's his name? Our Alabama transfer from, or on D-Tackle. Stefan Wynn. Uh, Stefan Wynn. It, it, he's a good example. He was a high four-star recruit to Alabama. Didn't make shit down there. Couldn't get on the field. Couldn't get anything going. Alabama wanted him. A lot of that probably had to do with the way he looked in high school. But they get in. It turns out the star rating probably wasn't worthy of him. And they kick him out. Now, vice versa that, you've got a kid who they pass over in recruiting because maybe he wasn't rated high enough by the metrics, so they didn't even send a scout out to go watch him, totally whiff on a guy, and he's playing at, let's say, Nebraska. And Nebraska has a bullshit season, but he has a phenomenal season. All Nick Saban has to do is call him one time and say, hey, kid, I missed on you. You want to come up to come over and play at Alabama? I don't care how fucking good he was at Nebraska. If he's getting out an offer to go play there and potentially start for a, a – a championship team, what's going to stop him? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, he, he can cry and moan and groan about these, whatever changes are happening in college football. He, he's the guy that's ahead of the curve every single time that there's a change. The thing that is going to be interesting to me when it comes to getting players to stick at a facility, I think, or at a, at a team will be, what happens with NIL and the way that some of these contracts are structured and how they're being paid. Yeah. Because if Dakotas Crawford signs a contract that says, hey, we're going to pay you $500,000 to be our spokesperson for the next three seasons. And if you leave the University of Nebraska in that time, you have to pay all that money back. That's not really how those contracts No, but I'm saying why couldn't they? Oh. I don't. There, there aren't rules like that in place to keep, play, keep people from doing that, and there are going to be those moments where you've got an eighteen-year-old kid with parents that aren't that business savvy, that maybe they didn't find the right person to consult about this nil deal, yeah. and they sign those contracts, and then they, and then, then they are stuck. So I, I think that'll be one way that you might start to see some of these players get stuck places, whereas. Currently, it seems like they can just leave whenever the fuck they want. Well, no, you're not stuck anywhere. It's just that the contract will dictate what you pay back. You, you can still go. That's what I mean. But but that's I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about you're very heavily incentivized to stay. But the way that these nil contracts work, the majority of them. I'm not saying like the Dakotas <laughs> Crawford, the heating and air conditioning contract. I'm not trying to. But like ABM is the company that Nebraska uses. Yeah. To do the nil nil deals. Basically, it's we're signing you to these NIL deals, and even if you go to, even they're if basically you, an agency. But even if you leave Nebraska and go to, let's just say Texas A and M, whatever deals you do down there, 
we still negotiate for you. Yeah, they're an agent. So again, it, it's not precluding you from leaving Nebraska. It's just we still have control over your rights, basically, I guess, if you want to phrase it that way. Yeah. We still have control over whatever deals you do. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what this transforms and morphs into over the next couple of years, whether or not it stays as loose and free as it seems to be. I, it's the fucking wild, wild west right now. I it's kind of one of those where I have some I have some opinions on it, but uh, I I'm firmly admit that I'm not as educated in it as whether or not I should be or want to be. I don't know which. I'd one, love to talk to somebody is. that knows a lot it's about just, it. It's just I and it's the thing is. As soon as I get educated on whatever's going on right now, it's going to change. It's gonna change. <laughs> so it's kind of one of those, I'm just going to sit back and just let it do whatever it does. I wish we would have asked Josh more questions about that, because I feel like maybe he's looked into this a little bit more or talked to some people that Possibly. know more about it. But I would really love, like, if anybody's listening to this that knows a shit ton about this, hit us up. We would love to have you on to talk about it, because I truly, like, I'm... I'm, I, I come from a financial background. I genuinely would like to know more about how these contracts are structured and like what kind of regulation is actually going on. The majority of it will go way over my head, but I would still like to learn. Oh, fuck yeah. And by the way, Matt, is that number two? Uh, that's number four. Oh. I just wanted to point out something going over your giant head. That'd be pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, but he's still short. <laughs> he's got a big head, but it hey, I'm make regular size, just not compared to you two. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we wanted to get a show out last Wait, week. I just said I'm regular size, just not compared to you two. I'm just going to keep it at the height part is what I'm talking about. We all but. heard you. <laughs> Good thing Matt's on the other side of the table. <laughs> and I can't reach him. Uh, we wanted to get a show out last week and weren't able to because of my sick ass. As you can probably hear, I'm still getting over it. So excuse the coughs and the sneezes and the sniffles in the background. But... Um, we wanted to preview the special teams since we didn't get to do that, but in that special team show, we were also going to wrap up and actually look at just a quick rundown of what our predictions are based on the calendar, or based on the calendar, based on the schedule. So, Jed, what notes do you have other than the fact that we actually have a fucking special teams coordinator? Um, I thought it was very interesting to find out that uh, it sounds like again, who the hell knows what's actually going to happen on Saturday? Uh, you know. All offseason, pretty much the, from the moment that he came here, Trey Palmer has been the anointed one, uh, not just at wide receiver, but also at punt returns. And it sounds like Tommy Hill, the defensive back from Arizona State, is probably going to be the starter uh, at punt return. So, I mean, it doesn't mean that Trey Palmer's and not going to be back there at any point. Am, but am I mistaken? It sounds like there's potentially two people in front of Trey Palmer. Uh, I, I thought I heard that I yesterday when I was listening to the radio. I mean, I, here's my thing. It sounds like we have options. I, I think that's the big. Well, we didn't have any fucking person last year. No. So I'd love to have a couple options. No, we, we were just throwing people out there hoping they would catch the damn ball. You know, I think it's cool, though, if a guy who was at LSU last year, who was the guy doing it, mm-hmm. is getting beat out by somebody else. Absolutely. That, that tells me, A, competition breeds excellence. That tells me that, that kid's got some lightning. Mm-hmm. Lightning. So I'm excited about that. If we can get our special teams to even be competent. I'm not even asking them to add to anything for us. I'm asking them to just not fuck shit up for us. Again, be competent. Like be a net nothing instead of a net negative and we'll be ahead of the game. Yes. (laughs) And it's not just return stuff. It's covering kicks. 
it's making field goals. Yes. Do you know much about thing. the 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 punter or kicker situation right now? I mean, like the, the I know we actually have like yeah. scholarship guys. F- FCS, you know, kicker of the year and all those things. And um, I'm I thought I had my notes here that where I had it all written down. Maybe I put it in one of my little folders on my computer. Uh, I feel like I'm listening to like the Red Green Show. <laughs> Everything's about size like, for you tonight. Feel like What's I, up? It, feel like I put it in one of my I little. Think, folders I think that's on you. <laughs> it's know. like it's like a Jeff Goldblum reference over here. Like, oh, let me get one of these little folders. <laughs> <laughs> little little folders. Mm. Where the hell did I put all this? Shit? Do you need a lozenge? Oh, I've, I've got a bad Jeff Goldblum. Uh, uh, Impression? Imp- yeah, impersonation. Yeah, yeah, we just heard it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's about like the first time I busted out any impersonations last week. Oh, here we go. I found it. That's what she said. Um, Jesus. <laughs> uh, the place kicker, uh, he he did he did punts and kicking place kicking for Furman. Um, he was 21 of 25 in field goals, 30 of 32 for point after attempts. His career long is 51 yards. Um, I mean, I know it's just Furman, whatever, but it's, it, kicking is kicking. Yeah. It, that's not that's not a physical uh, a thing. A 51-yard you know? field goal on any field is 51-yard yeah. field goal. <laughs> um, Brian Buscini, the, uh, the punter, He's uh, is that is is he related to Steve Buscemi at all? Well, Steve Buscemi, that's I'm yeah, I'm gonna call him Brian Buscemi. I don't care because apparently his you name, can do it. No, that's the wrong guy. That's Rob Schneider. Oh shit! <laughs> My bad. I knew it was Swinging an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> I don't even know if Buscemi was in that Snyder. That uh, I thought he was in like was all he, those movies. Was back he in then. the Water Boy? He Fuck, was, I don't remember. He was in the Billy Madison, of course, but I don't think yeah, he was Billy in Madison, Big Daddy for sure. I don't remember. Uh, but Bushimi, Bushini is uh, was the punter of the year. He he averaged forty five point yards per attempt. Uh, he had seventy five punts in his career at Montana. Thirty of them were fifty plus yards. Thirty. The fuck are you laughing at, man? Matt's over here giggling his ass off while Jed's talking punt stats. I don't, I don't know. What the fuck's happening right now? What, what did I say, Matt? What, what are you reading Beer number into? four have some pot in, pot in it or something? Like, what's going on over here, bud? Matt's over here fucking laughing his ass off, walking through punt stuff, and he's like, <laughs> he says, he says, we got to stop. We got to stop. No, man, you restart that shit. He's over here letting out squawking farts. Thinking that there's some sort of microphone. At least put the microphone down there so we can hear it. Yeah, come on, man. Give us, give us the goods. <laughs> That's how I feel about punt stats. I guess, right? <laughs> and now we need to air the room out. <laughs> I I don't smell anything, but I also don't have a sense of smell. So. Man, my I've, I've been sick, so my nose is plugged. So we're good. So we're good. We're good. We, we can roll back to the back to the fart stat. I mean, punt stats. Keep good. keep letting them fly, Matt. We're good. Matt just had a fart for three yards. <laughs> Well, that's longer than most of our punt returns, returns last year. Last year. <laughs> about average. Some might say slightly above average. Wow, now I really actually do smell that fart. I don't. Oh, boy. Anyway, <laughs> did you get through all those stats? Basically, they're far enough. <laughs> they're punting stats. Yeah. I, I guess one of, the, one of the things was, so he, Bushini had average 45.8 <laughs> yards per punt. Uh, last year, Nebraska was second to last at 40.3 yards per punt. 
So wow. we're you know you're basically average you know adding on average at least five and a half yards, which doesn't sound punt. like a ton. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. It is. The other thing is, is seventy five punts. Thirty five of them were inside the twenty yard line. Damn. So you're talking close to half. I would I would bet when you look at our stats, it's not that way. No. So yeah, I mean it should. Everything on paper says that it's going to be better. Well, the I thing said, is, it can't be worse. Be it was a, the worst be ever. A, so. Be a net nothing. I yeah. don't care. Just don't be negative. Do not bring us down. Don't give up punts that get run back for touchdowns nope. with no time left on the clock. And just return them for two yards. Know. Give us two fucking yards. I would have won a lot of over-unders last year if we got two fucking yards. <laughs> <laughs> you would have. <laughs> And, and here's a hint. I might have one of those questions in Here for this game. Here we go. <laughs> well, shit, man. Let's look at um, let's look at the schedule. Okay. I'm running down. I'll do mine first. Okay. I want you to ask me why the fuck. Just stop me if you think I'm outrageous. Are you going like, are you just talking about the teams? Or are you talking like win, win, loss, 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 win, win? Wins win. and losses. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wins and losses. Uh Northwestern. You're crazy. Stop. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Northwestern, I think. Dude, I'm telling you, you're probably going to stop me a couple times. I'm joking. Northwestern, I think this is a double-digit win for us this weekend. I think that uh, even though Frost wants to play it off like, oh, we came out of that game lucky last year, that was one of the things that made me mad about his press conference on Sunday. He talks about, oh, well, that, that score wasn't really indicative of what that game actually was. No, it fucking nah, was. I agree we, with him. We blew their fucking doors off last year. It doesn't mean that we didn't. It it would the way that the game per- continued. Uh, to me, I agree with him. It was a fluke. Eh. Either way, I, I'm not seeing a 50 point win, but I'm seeing. I, I think we cover. Uh, I think we cover that. We'll get that. We'll get there at the end of this. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. Uh, North Dakota, I think that should be a lay down, lay down, Larry. Uh, Georgia Southern, lay down, Larry. Oklahoma. Um, I truly, truly, truly have no fucking idea, but I'm saying we're going to win uh, just because I think we are incrementally better than last year. So do you want me to stop you now or later? Jesus, go ahead and stop me. How much of that Kool-Aid did you drink over there? <laughs> go ahead and stop me if you want because I think they're a worse team than they were last year. I think we're a better team than we were last year, and that game we should have won last year anyway. I, I, I guess I'll just agree with the beginning part of what you said where I don't really have anything. I don't know what to... Uh, take from Oklahoma. They have so much changes, not just player wise, but obviously coaching wise um, and scheme wise. I I'm waiting for them to. Well, that goes with coaching. Yeah, but I'm I'm waiting to see them play before I say you know one way or the other. Honestly, on this game because I have no fucking clue. Yeah, not, and not just see Nebraska, not just see Oklahoma play. I want to see o- Nebraska play because. I've said it a thousand times. There's so many question marks going into this season with Nebraska, too, in my opinion. So, Are we really going to get a good look at them before they play us, though? No, but it's more I just want to kind of see. The, the big talk with Oklahoma is the style of offense they're going to play, the up-tempo offense with that uh, Jeff Levy brings, um, and how Dylan Gabriel is able to look. It's not necessarily that I think they're going to be tested, because honestly... Is no should Nebraska really be tested going into the Oklahoma game either? Not really. So that's what I was. That's what I was going to say because Matt asked that question. It's more about the style of what Oklahoma is going to do. That's yeah. that's that's what I want to see. It's more about execution it, than like actual you, everything else. You brought up the uh, tempo up tempo offense thing. I think it was last show we did. Yeah. 
And I'm to me, I I didn't get a chance to say it then because that was when we had Josh on, and to me that that's a non-starter conversation for me because when Frost came in, he was running the super up tempo offense. He was known for that, but not he wasn't running it and, here. No, he wasn't running it here. But we do run it every occasionally, and he was trying to run it the first couple of years. But he didn't. I'm, no, but what I'm saying is the coaching wise, the the coaches that are here, Chenander, who was with him at UCF. Mm-hmm. They the, where where he ran it very efficiently. They are used to coaching that. They are used to coaching in practice the, with that. The I, reason I'm saying, let me finish. I'm, I'm saying that, that 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 from a coaching standpoint, that shouldn't catch anybody off guard. They should the, be able, be able to prepare them for that. The reason I say that is is not the coaching aspect. It's uh, you know again, stop me if you've heard this before. The depth that we have to be able to stay sure. to stay you know, effective in what we want to do on defense. That That's more what I'm talking about. Can we handle an up-tempo offense going up against yeah. an up-tempo offense? That's what I'm talking about. It's not about coaching style or being able to know what to do as far as coaching against an up-tempo offense. Do we have the guys to be able to handle that? That's what I'm talking about. Does there, Do they have the guys? Do you, And I don't know if you know enough about their, their changes or their, their retention on defense. I don't. I don't know if they have the guys on defense. Kind of like the reasoning behind Frost laying off of that in the second half of the first year he was here was we didn't have the defensive rotation to put up with the offense being that fast on and off the field. And some of that was playing negatively for us, which is why he pulled back on that. And so that's going to be my biggest question. We didn't have the offensive guys to be able to run that kind of an offense. Okay, but that doesn't negate what I'm saying. We we had a problems with not giving our defense enough time on the sideline. And that was a lot of why he pulled back on that second half of the season the first year round. I could be mistaken on that, but I remember talking about that. I remember that being a big thing was there had to be more balance because the defense was getting run ragged. And so that's going to be my biggest question is coming in, especially if they've retained a lot of their older guys that had a certain style, a certain time that they were playing. Did he do enough with the defense for them to be able to maintain that? I haven't, that I haven't looked that deep into Oklahoma yet, so I, I don't know. Do you have any do you have any qualms with the first three games we talked about? Let's just kind of go by month. The first three games? No, I, yeah. I I think we will win the first three games. The Oklahoma game is totally up in the air. I I lean more towards Oklahoma, um, just because I think they have better overall talent. Um, but the question marks still remain on both sides. So coming out of September, I'm saying four and zero. You're going three and one. Yep, three and one. Let's look at October. Indiana, Rutgers, Purdue, Illinois. I'm tier like I'm borderline on Purdue, but I'm three and zero on the other three. I think I honestly think there is a very very good chance if we are four and zero coming out of September that we are eight and zero headed into Michigan or Minnesota. Excuse me. See, I and I I think the Rutgers game is a dangerous game being a Friday night out there. Um, I'm not really worried about. And Chiano's a good coach. Chiano's a great coach. Um, I'm not worried about Indiana. They've got so many new situations. They've got a new offensive coordinator. They did bring in over 35 new scholarship players, whether it was recruiting or transfers. Um, they have a very good secondary, but I mean, whatever. Uh, I think by then, long ways removed from that 11 and one team two years ago. Yeah. So. Uh, they're another program that replaced a whole bunch of uh, assistant coaches, just like we did. 
Um, I'm not that worried about Indiana. But Rutgers scares me. Purdue, their offense will always scare me. I, I love our secondary. Of course, you know how much I love our secondary coach. Um, so that's why that game, like I thought last year's game was, that was one of the better matchups last year that I thought we had just from a competitive standpoint. Yep. And I felt like that game should have gone either way. And obviously it went one way that we didn't care for the most, but um, I, I like that game. I like that game as a good test for us to get into the back half of our schedule. I, I think, I think there's a real possibility of two and two in the month of October uh, because Illinois is not going to be a, a slouch either, especially you're talking that far into the season with the guys that they have. They, they have a linebacker, uh, Hart, who had a monster game against Nebraska for three quarters and then tore his ACL for the rest of the year. Yeah. Um, so, and they've got a really good running back with Chase Brown. They got a transfer uh, quarterback like we do from Syracuse. Uh, and Bielema, we all, we all talk about how good of a coach Bielema is, and he just continues to grow, um, grow that program. So I can't sit here and say that the Illinois game is going to be anything that, I can easily say as a loss. I could I could easily see two and two see, co- my, out of October. My biggest thing about Illinois is I loved Bielema as a coach at Wisconsin, obviously. He was fucking terrible at Arkansas. He was fucking terrible, and he had access to good players. He had good players on his team when he took but it But was over. he there long enough? He was there five years, wasn't he? I thought it was like three or four. I bet if you can look that up, that'd be awesome. Brett Bielema at Arkansas. I thought it was like five. Regardless, he was dog shit. Yeah, he was dog shit, and then he went to the NFL for one year, and was an assistant. I'm not going to name the team that he was assistant with because <laughs> I'm not going to be accused of anything. Um, but yeah, he probably got some it good some some good insight while he was there. Uh, I believe he was like an offensive line assistant coach and tight ends coach, something like that. Yeah, uh, sure. when we didn't have a tight end, so, I was there for so, four years. Four, four years. years. Okay. okay, split the difference. Yep. Uh, but he was dog shit. He, yeah, it was it was bad. Um, but he was great at Wisconsin. He was great. He's he's back good in, the in the Big, Big Ten, Ten, and I get that. So, th- and so that's what scared me because he was actually a dude that I I remember talking to you before I realized that Frost was a realistic thing, saying that I would actually love to to go get Bielema for Nebraska. But it, it is what it is. I, I I'm not gonna poo poo him by any means and say that because he was bad at Arkansas he can't turn Illinois around. Yeah. But it's fucking Illinois. T- uh, Tubbs was there and thought he was going to turn around too, and did his damnedest and didn't make a fucking shit happen. So, I'm not I'm not putting any stock into it, and I think that that's going to be a bit of a revenge game because I think that game and the, what happened to us in that game last year set the tone for the rest of the season, and basically ended anything that was Adrian Martinez when it comes to Nebraska football. Well, I don't know that it it just ended the season really. It wasn't about Adrian Martinez, but yeah. But that's, I mean, that's me. I, I guess I would, I would tend to say three and one coming out of October. With with the question mark for me, the biggest question mark for me being Purdue. Okay. So I'm 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 seven and one, rolling into Minnesota. Two whole things of Kool Aid in. Two whole <laughs> things of Kool Aid in. Matt, are you trying to say that you think we're going to be five and three? I'm somewhere in the middle. I think we have a couple losses in here. I can't necessarily say who. That's kind of what I'm talking so about I, with I'd the month say, of October. I, I say two and two, but I can't necessarily... I'm not going to sit here and pinpoint which two. I'm not necessarily just saying October. I'd say six and two coming out of 
coming out of October. Okay. Fair. And Jed, you're saying five and three? Sure. Whatever that math is, yeah. <laughs> Strong maths. So Minnesota to me is Minnesota's that team that we can't seem to figure out. One year we're supposed to beat them and we get blown the fuck out. The next year they're supposed to beat us and we blow them the fuck out. Then they don't have any fucking players to even bring to Lincoln and they beat us. Like it, it, that that game every year seems to make no sense. Uh, it didn't make any sense for me from the very beginning. I fucking hated that game. <laughs> I, I've said it a thousand times. That's the worst game, the most inexcusable loss that Nebraska's ever had, in my opinion, ever. Yeah, no, but I, I mean, I mean, just in general, since Frost has been here, Minnesota has been oh, a weird game for us. Kind every of a bugaboo. Year. Yeah, it's it's been well, it's been back and forth. It's been weird. The, the years we're supposed to beat them, they've beat us, and the years that they were supposed to beat us, we beat them. So it's been odd to me. Hasn't been that back and forth. We've lost three straight. Uh, that's what I was just going to say. We've only won one of them under Frost. Okay, fair enough. So, yeah. But the game, but, uh, you know, there was a couple of those games. You know, the hoodie game a couple of years ago was just an absolute ass kicking by them. Held two years ago in that COVID game. I don't care what the score was. They kicked our ass. Yeah. They physically beat the shit out of us up and down the field. We also looked like we didn't even want to be there. No. So, it, you know, yeah, it's... I don't know. That's that's a game that to me, if the season's going the way that I think it's going to go, that is another revenge game. We have back to back revenge games, and I think that that is a growing storm for us. Okay, you keep saying revenge games. We were three and nine last don't year. Don't care. Is it every game? I'm not, I am not saying that we have. Revenge is it every to take game of revenge game? Listen, I'm not saying we have revenge to take out on everybody. No, but we do. Of, no, in most of those games, like if we were playing Michigan State this year. I would have I would harbor no ill will towards them. You know why? Because we one hundred fifty thousand percent beat ourselves in that game. Uh, I, we gave them a touchdown to win the game. Cool. So my whole thing on that is, I think we've got a little bit of revenge game going on Illinois. I think we've got one going on Michigan or Minnesota. I mean, and it's a snowball effect for me. I think we get one, we're going to get the next one. So we get Illinois. We're going to go into Minnesota, and I think we're going to win that game. And that brings me to the biggest revenge game of the season, which is also, in my opinion, the biggest test on our schedule, Michigan. And we proved to ourselves last year that had it not been for fourth quarter fuck-ups by people I'm not going to talk about because they don't matter anymore, we would have won that Michigan game. So we already know in our heads, we're a better team than we were last year. We should beat them. They're going to be maybe as good. You you have a you have a different opinion about this because you think they actually might be better than they were last year. I don't know about better. I just think they're going to be very close to, if not equal, to what they were last year. So let's call them equal to what they were last year, and we're incrementally better. We're a fumble in the fourth quarter less than uh, we were last according year. According to you, a fumble a, a less fourth quarter uh, com- blah, 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 blah. a fourth quarter fumble less, making us better than what we were last year. And we win that game. And I disagree, but... Is what it is. I'm saying, I think we get the snowball effect going. Illinois, Minnesota. We could roll into Michigan with a win. I don't think we're going to win. Don't get me wrong on that. We're going to get rolled by Michigan. I'm calling Minnesota win. Michigan loss. Wisconsin loss. Iowa win. Yeah, no. Two and two out of the last four. I, I think we, at best... I think we could go one and three in the month of November. And that's at Who's best. your one? 
I don't know. It'll be one of one of. It will not be Michigan. It'll be one of the other three, possibly. But more more often than not, if I had to bet it, I would say we're going to go zero and four in in the month of November. But I have. As far as a season prediction, I have us at six wins, so I have to say we're going to win one of those. Four I was going to say that 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 has us at five and eight right there. I know that's well, it'd be five and seven. Or but, five and seven, sorry, math. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I would more often than not say that we're we're going to lose the last four games, but uh, I think we could possibly eke out one of those last four. You don't have an, any idea of which three of those you would say? No. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm hoping that we get a no. Wind the up the, re- the reason why I can't, I'm not going to say now because I don't know how the season is going to go for us. Like, yeah, yeah, question marks, all those things that I've said a thousand times, not just for us, but for those teams on those on that schedule as well. Um, I, I there are there are just too many variables. Uh, we're talking three months out from November to for me to sit here and say which one of those four or which one of those three, I guess, of Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa that I believe that we're going to win. I, I just I think we could catch one of those three teams. I don't know which one, but I would more often than not say we're going to go 0-4 in November. So, Jed, you're taking a tiny sip of the Kool-Aid, and BJ, you are guzzling it down like it's your job at nine wins? He, ha- he, has, I, a, I, he has an IV in his arm. I said 8-10 to 10 wins. And I'll tell you this right now. If we've got the opportunity to win nine or ten games this season headed into Iowa, I'm going to be a very, very happy Husker fan, and I'm going to be doing every goddamn thing I can to be stopping in Iowa City to watch that game Mm -hmm. on the way back from watching the Patriots beat (laughs) the Vikings on Thanksgiving night. That's the third time. Yeah, okay. The second time really wasn't my reference. That was Jed's reference. So... Yeah, the Patriots have been. Well, it was your reference times. without saying. You, no, say, no, 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 you no. saying I'm not going coach. to say the name. Doesn't I, I count referenced one not. coach's age. I referenced one coach's age. So Jed he took coached a sip. the Browns too. So I guess I referenced the Browns. Jed took a sip, and BJ has Kool Aid all over his shirt. He should have wore a bib for this one. So that's where we are. I I truly believe an eight to ten win season is within the realm of possibilities. Jed, what is your what's your range? Like, obviously, six is the number you think we're at. Yeah, what is your range higher or lower than that? Like uh, five to seven. Our, I think our ceiling is seven, but I don't see seven. It, it's not going to be a situation like last year when I said uh, if we beat you Illinois, said I see eight. No, I said seven. Oh, um, I said if we beat Illinois, maybe I did say eight, but I'm pretty sure I said seven. If we beat Illinois, I could see. Again, whether or not I said seven or eight, I, I don't remember. I'd have to go back and listen. But it was all based on the Illinois game, on how that game went to see what I saw or what I thought could possibly happen for the rest Just of the kept season. the loser streak alive. Um, so I, I think I really don't see seven wins on this schedule, uh, but I think seven is the ceiling. Uh, as far as a floor, mm, probably four of the games. The floor. That, of the games that you think – that you're looking at on the schedule right now. Obviously, you keep you keep referencing the unknowns. You don't want to make real predictions. I get that. Of the games that you see on our schedule that you think you're already chalking up as a loss, which one of those teams do you think is most likely, like like our most likely possibility of maybe pulling that upset? Well, the only ones that I'm probably sitting here right now chalking up as an absolute loss would be Oklahoma and Michigan. 
The so other, those the, are absolute losses. The other ones those are, are those are no good. Right, as of right now, again, I still need to look into more of Oklahoma. I also need to see Oklahoma first because I I have the question marks on them. My biggest thing about Oklahoma is I thought that was an absolute loss last year. Yeah, and then we went in there and damn near won that game. Well, damn I mean, near, yes, close on the court counts in horseshoes, hand grenades, and blowjobs. I get that, but I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with you, Matt. I'm just going to let him keep talking. Matt, you have a mic. You don't have to just make funny faces. <laughs> I don't even want to know how it counts. Yeah, as no, we're, we're just going to keep going, but yeah. go ahead. Uh, <laughs> God, I am way off my train of thought now. It's getting late, folks. You, you, you said you thought Oklahoma was close. Yeah, no, I, I didn't think. I thought that was a for sure loss last year. And then when, like, that's that's part of what broke me so bad last year was probably how close I thought we were in that Oklahoma game and then how much we just continued to be, quote-unquote, close the rest of the fucking season and not pull any of them off. It, it seemed like the Oklahoma game to me, I think I even remember talking about how I thought that was a turning point. Even though we lost, we proved to ourselves we could win some shit. We proved to ourselves we could play with the big boys that, you how, know. Wait, you said we proved to ourselves that we could win some shit. We won three not, games. Not, I, mean, I mean, we coming out of that Oklahoma game last year, I thought we had proved to ourselves we could hang with the good teams. We should be able to win some shit. It's what I'm is what I'm intending to say there. Well, we could absolutely hang with them. I I just don't I don't uh I don't hold any water on hey, we made it close. You know, the whole all of our games were close. I don't give a fuck. I want to win games. I get it. We lost. We did. We lost bad. I don't give a shit how we lost. I don't give a shit if we were close. I don't give a shit if we hung with whoever. I don't care. We lost. Whoever whoever we want to blame for the loss, whoever uh, did what during the game for the loss, we lost. We always found ways to lose. No matter who did it, who did what, who didn't do what, we always found ways to lose. To me... The fact that that is not just a last year thing, it's also a last four year thing. Hell, it's a last five year thing. Um, to me, that's not close. You're doing the same stupid fucking shit every fucking game. So to me, that's not close. The, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same shit over and over again, expecting a different result, different result. That's what we were doing. We were doing the same fucking stupid shit every goddamn time. And we'd keep losing. To me, that that doesn't make me feel any better. I'm with you. That that's just how I took those losses. I, I this, don't. That I, is a monologue clip if I've ever heard one right there. I I, <laughs> I, I love didn't. That. <laughs> I, I just didn't. Uh, I didn't take any happiness in almost beating Michigan, a playoff team. Oh, I get that. No, almost. No, we lost. I don't give a shit. That was that was the most infuriating game for me last year. There was a lot of infuriating games for me. I, I just, the whole fucking season, we talked about this in our season recap, how much the season broke both of us. Yeah. The whole season was infuriating for a multitude of reasons. That's what I, that's why I say, I think looking back on last season, the Oklahoma game was kind of that, that key moment for me that got my hopes up based on the fact that we hung with them the way that we did. I know, I know you just got done talking about how that doesn't matter. But the, to me, that was what was really the, the pinnacle for me of the season in my hopefulness for, for what I thought was growing, what I thought was a future of, okay, 
maybe we can use this to build a building block. I And then we just continued to kick ourselves in the dick over and over and over and over and over again. You just stole my words. That's exactly what, how I was going to go with that. Yes, I agree with you. The Oklahoma game gave me hope that maybe we were turning a corner. That's what I think crushed me last year. But then we continued with the rest of the season. Hell, the very next week we had the Michigan State game where we found a way to lose that game. Uh, and we just got kicked in the dick, like you said. And that's exactly... And, 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 and the thing ourselves is, in the dick. No, we kicked ourselves in the dick. And, and that's literally exactly what I was just getting ready to say. I was going to say, we just kept kicking ourselves in the dick on every fucking game. So no matter what hope I had coming out of coming, leaving the Oklahoma game that we might have turned a corner, it as the games continued to progress, that hope, hopefulness just went away because I was like, oh, we're still the same fucking team. That hope that we saw was only just kind of a shadow because Oklahoma wasn't what we thought they were at the beginning of the season. Hell, I picked I would they were one of my picks to win the national title last year. I know, and I remember you talking about that. Not that they were completely trash last year, but they weren't that good. No. So I mean, cool. We hung with a team that had a lot of expectations going into the year but then kind of fell flat on their face. So it is that really a turning point? Do you Cle- clearly it wasn't. Do you take anything from I know I know we talked about it just when we were doing some back and forth talking about I know you don't like comparing Adrian to Casey Mar- Casey uh, Thompson. Thompson, but I wanted to specifically just look at common opponents, which the only common opponent was mm-hmm. that Oklahoma game. Yep. And I just looked at I just pulled stats on both of them, and yes, you made the point that the talent surrounding them was a very different different animal, whatever. But Casey Thompson had an enormous game against Oklahoma, and they scored some like forty nine points or something like that instead of. He also had to have that kind of those kind of numbers. No, you, you're 100 percent correct. But the fact that he was able to put those numbers up, the fact that I believe by that point wasn't their running back he either got hurt in that game or he'd gotten in hurt hurt in the game prior. Texas is running back. Yeah, I don't remember the kid who's Bijan Robinson. Yeah, he's yeah. supposed to be I, the next big fucking thing. He's a, he's really good. But I I look at it and I say, okay, common opponents just looking at them playing the same defense. Mm-hmm. They were only three weeks apart. And he tore that defense apart compared to Adrian having... Adrian didn't have a bad game. He had a touchdown and an interception in like 298 yards. That's not a bad game. But Casey Thompson had like 528 yards and five or six touchdowns and no no turnovers. I'll, I'll kind of use something you said earlier in the show almost against you. I'm, I'm not completely going... To, I'm just kind of more playing devil's advocate no, here. No, say it, yeah. You talked about uh, Scott Frost. You, we talked about the high-tempo offense that Oklahoma might do. And you talked about what Scott Frost tried to do, bring the high, a high-tempo offense into Nebraska his first year. And then he backed it down because it was basically ruining our defense where our offense wasn't staying on the field long enough to keep our defense fresh. Yeah, you had to balance. That was a lot of what Oklahoma happened to Oklahoma, where they would either score really quickly with Caleb Williams, because that was when they made the switch in that game. It was, yeah. Um and they'd either score real quick, or they wouldn't do, or they wouldn't do anything. So, is some was some of that Texas Oklahoma game, the fact that Oklahoma's defense was so fucking tired because they were on the field so much. So, valid like, point. It's, it, valid it, point. it's kind of one of those. That's one of the reasons why I said I understand. I understand where you're coming from with comparing common opponents, but I'm also not about transitive property. 
where just because no, 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 one no, team, no, I get, and I'm not trying to say transitive property, but when you're going to try and compare, no, again, and just just simply see because that's what 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 is the point of talking about? I understood stuff where you were coming from it. with the point. Yeah, I just. I, I don't see it as apples to apples comparison. No, it's definitely not apples to apples. We're talking more, you know, apples to apricots type shit. But it's it's at least a common opponent that they played the same dudes. Yeah. Regardless of yep. the way the game went, they played the same dudes. And talking to any, about anything preseason before seeing them actually play games, that's all we're doing really. Yes. Is we're, we're predicting. Yeah. And so that's my easiest way of predicting. That's why I think Casey Thompson, not to just mention his – his demeanor is so different. The way, the style of person that he is, the style of leader, from what I understand, that it sounds like he is, and the style of preparer. I didn't say the style of leader is a good thing. I said the style of leader is different, not good. It's different. Okay. Yes, I know we've heard random people on the radio say that, oh, he's maybe not that liked in the locker room. Most people that are really, really good at something aren't that well-liked by their peers. Well, no, there's a difference between being liked and being respected. Absolutely. People didn't like Tommy, How's he have people didn't like Tommy Frazier, How's they respected the shit out of him. I don't like Tommy Frazier. No, no, no. I'm talking about him. as a player. When he played at Nebraska, <laughs> yeah. his teammates, a lot of his teammates didn't like him. Sure. But he was respected because he put up, he did what he did. He did what he did. Yeah. So, don't you think that Casey Thompson has that opportunity to be that well, yeah, not like respected guy? But we'll see. We he, he doesn't have a way to earn respect until he actually gets out there and does it. Correct. So I'm not going to chalk up anything that we've been hearing about his leadership abilities or his likability in the locker room. I don't really care about that stuff until it translates to a positive or a negative on the field. Mm-hmm. If it becomes a negative, I'm sure it'll be addressed. And the good thing is, it sounds like we actually have some competency behind him that can take over if it actually becomes a serious negative. That's a big deal. Yes, I, I completely agree. We we actually have a second-string quarterback, which is probably the first time since, what, Taylor and Tommy and Ron Kellogg? As far as a, com- oh, probably, a, yeah. as far as a competent backup quarterback? Yeah, I would say so. I think Ron Kellogg was competent enough to back up Tommy. Yeah, but even after what didn't didn't Ron Kellogg and Taylor leave at the same time? No, nope. Because Kellogg okay. backed up Tommy. Uh, he came into that. I think it was was it the Northwestern game where he threw like. Well, yeah, I called him the chunk. Yeah, he threw. He, he's he threw, he's the one that threw the hail mary pass. But I thought that what Taylor wasn't there. No, that was a year Taylor after. Taylor was gone. Okay. Yeah, Taylor Sorry, was gone I already. Got my years all mixed up. But okay, so then that year, that, yeah, that was the last time we had a competent backup quarterback. And that's talking about Ron Kellogg. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I think Chubba Purdy is probably a different caliber than even that. So I'm I'm excited about the fact that we have that ability to say this isn't working. Sit down, get your head right, whatever the fuck might might be, or maybe it's this isn't working at all. You're the wrong fit. These guys don't like you. They won't play for you because that's a thing too. And I I don't think you see that as much in college as you do in the pros. But in the pros, if you have a quarterback who is not respected and not liked by his offensive line. You see that dude wind up on his ass. Oh, yeah. It ain't the same way in college, I don't think, quite no, as much. No, but no, no. when those dudes are out there getting paid to play, <laughs> yeah. you best believe that left tackle is going to say, yeah, cool. You can have a couple more bruises tomorrow, kid. Yep. But that's enough on that. Let's get into Northwestern. Let's break this fucking game down because it is, like you said before, fucking game week. Absolutely. I'm so fucking excited. I just, I just need this to be over with. The whole dredge of the offseason. I'm excited, man. I, I got two things to be excited about. 
It's funny. For those who don't know, I'm getting married in October. Bachelor party got planned for this Saturday prior to anybody thinking about the fact that it's also the first Husker game. Whoa, 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 whoa. Not prior to anybody thinking that. Anybody that was planning it. Okay. <laughs> I'm not saying anybody involved. I'm saying anybody planning Because you told Cause me. I know you've been talking about it since the, I think what I told you was the day, the yes. second that I realized that Jed I knew the number up. of seconds until the game when you <laughs> first told him. He he tells me, he goes, hey, by the way, I'm, I'm going to plan my bachelor party and we're doing this whole big thing on August 27th. You cool you with that? I go, motherfucker. No, I said, um, you understand that's the first day of the game, right? And you're like, Oh shit! I go, yeah. I'm gonna be watching the game. I don't know what you got planned during the day. And you're like, oh, we're gonna go golf and we're gonna do this and this. But you have to go because you're in the wedding. I go, yeah. I'm gonna be watching the game. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, I, hey, but you actually helped me come up with the plan for the afternoon, though. And it's all around it's, watching the game. It is. It's all based on watching the game. And it's. I think it's a perfect plan. I. We're like gonna it. start out here. We're gonna you know get some food going. Get the projector up and watch the game on the big screen. The first half. And then, yeah, watch the first half, and then we're bouncing over to Stone Creek and going to play nine. We're, hopefully. Wait, we're going to bounce over to Stone Creek and watch the second half. Yeah, and hopefully at three o'clock, they'll be just Details about wrapped matter. up. Yes, they do. Otherwise, again, I'm watching the game. Otherwise, <laughs> we'll be watching it on the phone in the cart. Yes. At, at our three o'clock tea time. Hey, but you know what? I'd love it if this game was over by halftime. Oh, fuck yeah. That's true. If it's a 40-point game at halftime, sorry, Jed, but I'm not going to be listening to you whine about having to get out there nope. and hit some No, no, no. Balls. I'm not whining it. I'm not hitting a golf ball until the game's over. Well, <laughs> right, let me clarify. Enough. I'm hoping it's in our favor. Well, yeah, halftime. of course. But I'll be sitting in the golf cart while you guys swing, and I'll be watching the game on my phone. I'll say, oh, that went left, even though I won't know which way it went. I'll just say it just to say it. And I'll say, cool, how many yards did it go for? That's seven. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It went left. Not my shot. I'm talking about the run around the end. Yeah, I'm just talking about Anthony Grant running around the corner. <laughs> I feel like that was a precursor. Hopefully. You think he's starting? Well, that's going to be one of my questions. Well, see, that's not listed yet, is it? No. It, n- hell, do you think other than... I know that he listed the starting quarterback, but you think he's really hey, going to... baby steps, man. Baby, baby. We're hearing about a couple of injuries, and we're hearing about, some, we're hearing about a starting player. Do you want me to just get into my questions? Uh, or you know, you, let's talk about Northwestern as a whole first. Okay. Because Northwestern was really bad last year. And it's funny because we talked about how bad Northwestern was last year, uh, preseason. We talked about how bad they were going to be. And they were. They were really, really atrocious. But they still won three games. Guess who else won three games? We did. The team that beat them, what was it, 54-7? to seven? Something like that, yeah. Beat their doors off of and... We were not the same team, like, uh, same record, not the same teams last year, obviously. Um, how much, from what I understand, they haven't improved that much. Do you say otherwise? Um, a little. From a talent perspective, I mean. A little, because they will have their other running back. They had a running back, uh, Cam Porter, who got injured in the preseason last year. Um, he's a very good running back. To, and they replaced him with Evan Hull, who had over a thousand yards rushing last year um, for a garbage team. So um, they've got two good running backs. So they're going to have two good running backs to be able to go uh, <coughs> up against our. Which is good because they don't even know who their quarterback is, even though they still have their starter from last year. They, they, it's going to be Helinski. There's a guy that's pushing him, but uh, is that the, 
Do they still have that kid that transferred from Clemson? No, he actually transferred back to Clemson. Shut the fuck up. No. <laughs> I won't shut the if fuck up. If you're Dabo Sweeney, why would you allow that? Because they need a guy behind DJ just in case. Jesus. Yeah, he already knows your system. Why not? Well, kind of. Yeah, but he already bailed on your system. That's that's wild to me. So it, that that I, I thought that was a weird question mark that you have a starter for all season last year and you are not committing to him as the starter at game week. Yeah. Well, I mean, Helinski will. I'm guessing will be the starter. Uh, he was the starter last year. They do have a young kid, uh, Brandon Sullivan, who is apparently really talented in pushing him. I just don't know that Northwestern is going to go with such a young kid to start right away. Um, it's not in Pat Fitzgerald's. It's not. That's why I don't know that they will necessarily go in that direction for game one. Uh, you know, a couple of games into the season, will Northwestern possibly change quarterbacks? More than likely. It's a good, good probability. If I recall, this kid is pretty stoic right he's more of a traditional pocket passer yeah and that's why we ate on him a little bit last year even though we didn't have great behind the line numbers last yeah. year on the defensive line if i recall that was well, yeah, we, no. part of, against uh, them it was good i was gonna say helinski had minus like 47 rushing yards yeah so and the team had like 40 or 30 something rushing yards for the entire game granted obviously helped by the minus 40 something by a quarterback but um they do have probably the best offensive lineman in the entire country. He'll probably be the first uh, left tackle taken really? in, the, in the draft next year. Um, Peter Skronsky. Is is he a doctor or is he a... <laughs> I, I don't know. But I feel like the linemen from Northwestern always have like a master's degree by the time they get done playing football. Ev- everybody has him as pretty much number one. Jesus. Um, wow. So he'll be basically a top... I mean, if he's a left tackle and he's the best one, he's a top, top five, five pick. pick. Yeah. Easy. Um, and based on how few teams need a quarterback, he might be a number one pick. Who knows? Uh, they do have a good secondary, so, I mean, that could go against <laughs> uh, Whipple chuck, chucking the ball around like he does. Um, and last year, you know, yes, we had a shit ton of yards and everything else, but it was the first year of their de- new defensive coordinator taking over for their longtime defensive coordinator from a two years ago that who stepped down. This is now his second year as a defensive coordinator. So that's going to be better for them in a general sense. Uh, Was just, there a big scheme change there? I, I don't I think remember. so. I don't think so because he got promoted from within. So probably not much of a, a big scheme change. Also, Pat Fitzgerald is a defensive guy, so yeah. they're not going to change drastically. He played linebacker, didn't he? Yeah, for Northwestern. Yeah. So um, he's one of the best linebackers in the history of the Big Ten. Um, so there's not going to be much of a scheme change in a general sense when you have Pat, Pat Fitzgerald as your head coach, uh, no matter who the defensive coordinator is. So there is more continuity there, uh, learning on the job, as opposed to from the first year to the second year with the defensive coordinator. So I, I do believe that they're going to be better. Um, how much better do I think that they're going to be a bowl team this year? No, but, um, I don't know that they were as bad as what their record was, how they looked last year. Now, granted, if you look at, if you go up and down the stat sheet, they, they were last or second to last in just about everything. I was going to say they were really bad. They were really bad. But they, I, they I, didn't just look bad against us. They had they had injuries also on defense at the linebacker position. Again, with that running back spot that they had, uh, 
I think that they could have been better last year. Again, they might have had the same record as last year, but just looked better. Um, so who knows? I, I think they will be better than they were last year. Again, they might end up still being three and nine, but I think that they will be more competitive than they were last well, year. Well, hopefully, a, a good butt whooping in, in Ireland will help them. Uh, that would be nice to, to see. Off, off to a better start. That that would be really <laughs> nice to see. Jump into your questions, man. All right. Um, if I can turn the page because my fingers are really dry. Oh, let's see. Well, we'll go back right into the running back situation that we kind of asked the question on. Uh, who do you think will get the first carry at running back? First running back to get a carry. not So I guess, you know, depending on lineups and if a wide receiver lines up back there or whatever else, uh, who do you think the guy's going to be? Shit. First carry or first first snap? Who's going to get the first carry? Not the first snap. The first carry. Fuck. I don't know, man. It's it to me. It's is is Nebraska going to come out and make a statement about a new look offense and let Whipple chuck it around and and try some stuff right out the gate? Well, even if he does, or are we going to are we going to come out and no? No, but that's that's how I'm trying to decide. Mm-hmm. Or are we going to come out and are we going to just try and? run it right at them and make them stop us from making this a very boring win. But again, that to me, that doesn't factor into who's going to get the first snap. It's who's going to get the first carry. So in the first drive, they could try to just chuck the ball around and see what happens. Let me ask you this. Who's our best blocking running back? Or who do you think? Uh, I would only say this guy because of his experience in Ramir Johnson. The, the, Johnson the, over Yant? Yes. Okay. The, the, the way, the then way, I would have to say Anthony Grant. Here's the thing. The reason why I say Ramir Johnson over Yant, because Yant, you only, I'm not saying you when I say you, but people only say Yant because of his size. Have you, have you seen? That's also why I was. But, that, but that have was you seen thing, him block? That was the main thing I was factoring for his blocking. Cool. But just because recall. he's big doesn't mean he can block. You're right. I don't recall. Ramir John, or Amir Abdullah was tiny, and he was a great blocker. Yes. Uh, but the thing is, Bill Bush, our secondary coach, uh, has talked about how great Ramir Johnson is as a frontline guy on kickoffs, kickoff re- you know, returns. Mm. You, know, you would think you'd have Ramir Johnson in the back catching the re- kickoffs. He's talking about having Ramir Johnson at the, at the front, running down and basically starting the blocking. Fuck yeah. I mean, if you're going to talk about somebody like Ramir Johnson in that way, then I'm going to say that he's the best blocker. Cool. Fair enough. Then I would have to say Anthony Grant. As the first carry? Yeah. Okay. Because I don't think Ramir Johnson, just based on what we've heard, I don't think he is going to be starting at running back. I don't believe so either. Are you going with Grant too? So it's kind of one of those, I kind of want to almost, I'm going to overthink the shit out of it. But that's what I tried to not do. <laughs> no, that's why I went the way that I went. So that's why I continue to say I'm not talking first snap. I'm talking first carry because I believe that Anthony Grant's going to be back there returning the kickoffs or one of really? at least one of the guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what Bill Bush was talking about. Anthony Grant being back there. So huh. 
not that he's going to be tired after the first kickoff or anything else like that, but the chances of... I pot- would love it if he was tired because he ran Absolutely. one back to the house on the first fucking kickoff of the season. I don't, I don't care if he runs fuck it back to the house. Yes. How, run, but, run 50 yards. I don't okay. give a fuck. Do you know how much we're going to be freaking out in my garage? Yes. If the first kickoff of the season, we run back for a touchdown. Yes. Like, could you imagine the elation? Oh, my God. So I'm kind of thinking it's kind of more of like... If Grant has a good kickoff return and he doesn't go in there for the first play, does that does that mean that we're gonna run the ball on the first play or throw the ball on the first play? So I kind of I kind of want to overthink it and get cute and not say Anthony Grant because maybe he won't be in there for the first play. Who do you think spells him though right away? Um. Well, I would have said if we would have done this yesterday, I would have said Gabe Irvin, but I heard Mike Schaefer on the radio today and he has been told that Jock Yant has moved up considerably and been taking a lot of snaps with the first uh, first team. So this is that's exactly not, not what you're talking about, but that's what I keep hearing. And so I'm a big body language. I'm a big mm-hmm. um, subliminal messaging guy when it comes to watching on the podium, things like that. Pick up other cues that aren't necessarily words that are said. There's a reason that every time running backs come out of Scott Frost's mouth, Yant is the first one mentioned. It's the one he likes the most. That's, I mean, that's just psychology. That's the reason that that's the first guy. First guy he thinks of every time. He also likes the big guys, though. He does. He does. I'm but just... guess what? Him liking the big guy that wasn't very good at his job turned him into being pretty good at his job and put him as a second-round draft pick. Talking about that fuckface Jurgens that I didn't like so much. <laughs> The fuckface that's going to be an NFL starter this year, probably. He might take Kelsey's place halfway <laughs> yeah, through the season. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And and now all the teams are like, what the fuck do we miss on this guy? Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy to me. And and so as much as we like to hate on Frost because not we, but just we in general, like to say he sucked, he's fucked things up when it comes coaching-wise, he's also shown through Jurgens that – he can persevere through some mistakes and some bad stuff and people hating on his choice to go with the guy to get to them being really fucking good at what they're doing and shown that with Jurgens, He has, every time running back's been brought up in the last like four or five press conferences that he's talked, Yant is the person that he's most excited to talk about and he's the person that he's like, it's the first person out of his mouth, even if it's not a question about him. Have you noticed that? I, honestly, I haven't. So I, that was what I was saying. Like, I didn't want to overthink it because in my mind, I look at that stuff and I'm like, God damn, that makes me. That, that was why Step last year, which I was also very wrong on, mm-hmm. I used the a same lot of type of situation. And I thought that Step was going to be something serious. And obviously, that didn't turn out to be the case. So I, that's why I said Gabe or Anthony Grant. And I was just like, nope, I'm taking the safe bet here. <laughs> so. I should probably say Yant then, but I want to say Ramir Johnson just because of how much I love Ramir Johnson. But I'm going to go along with you and saying about your wet dreams, bro. And yeah, I'm going to go along with the way with you and not overthink the shit out of it and just go with Grant. All right, cool, cool. I'm going to change my answer. I'm going with Yant. Okay, you got the G, I got the Y. I don't know what that if. Whatever. Yant and Grant. Sure. Come on, man. Uh, question number two. 
who is the leading wide receiver in receiving yards? For the game? No, for the first drive. No, Yeah, for the game. <laughs> I don't know, man. You ask questions in a weird way sometimes. <laughs> what the fuck am I supposed to say? Uh, shit. So you'd have like Trey, Pal- you Trey Palmer. You didn't talk Omar about our wide receivers for a little bit. Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. Oliver Martin. Um, Alante Brown has been talked about a lot in this uh, preseason. Where's Omar Manning? I said Omar Manning. Oh, you did. Okay, that was sorry. I didn't hear it. Um, those will probably be our top five guys. Go into go into your thoughts on our wide receivers a little bit. I, Jesus, it's a hodgepodge. I mean, when when you've got the best wide rec- the most productive wide receiver, I guess I shouldn't say the best wide receiver that we have returning is Omar Manning. Yeah. Uh, but the second guy is Oliver Martin with like ten catches for like three hundred yards. So. I mean, we don't have much production coming back as far as our wide receivers No, but go. you do have production from, uh, you know, very little production from LSU. You got some other stuff to look I'm at. I'm talking Nebraska production returning. I get it. Do you think that the kick return situation and him not being the focal point of that, which we both kind of thought when we talked about it before, we thought he was brought in specifically to correct that situation. Do you think that has to do more with the fact that he is going to be more of a focal point on the offense? No, I think it's Tommy Hill is a stud. That guy. Fuck. Yeah. I actually like that answer better than what I was looking for. That, that's just the way the way that the, the way that Bruce uh Bill Bruce was portraying it. It sounded more like Tommy Hill is or Bill Bush, not Bill Bruce. Who the fuck's <laughs> Bill Bruce? We've had some drinks, man. Not that many, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, the way he was portraying it, it made it more sound like Tommy Hill was just that dude. I love it. So I fucking love it. But again, it doesn't mean that Trey Palmer won't be back there at any no, point. No, not at all. Especially, just, it, but the you know the nice thing about that is too. Not that we're trying to go back to special teams, but the nice thing about that, we have more than one. Yes. When when the morning personnel went down, which was we talked about that last, you know, when, when Josh was here, mm-hmm. that that was the last time we had a real returner. A dude specifically that was just a killer returner. Let's go, Devin yep. Hester. Come on, let's go. Yep. And if we've got more than one of those dudes, that's that's awesome. That's fantastic. We'll see. I I hope that Trey Palmer gets to do what he wanted to do at LSU here, mm-hmm. and that's be a star, be a shiner. I'm trying to think of, and and this is my own bad, but I haven't gone out and found the parts where Mickey Joseph is talking or any time over the last month. I really haven't listened to him talk much, which is where I pull most of my information. Like, cool, listen to the radio, listen to the other guys that actually get down to Lincoln, that get to talk to the players, get to talk to the coaches on a regular basis. That's where I know you get a lot of your information from. I get way more of mine from listening to the actual position coaches and the coaches talk. Oh, yeah. And just try and pick up on the other stuff that they're not necessarily saying. And I haven't gotten that opportunity with Mickey Joseph, so I, I I truly don't know that much about this group. I feel like there has to be, just based on the fact that he's been so successful, picking one out of the litter to basically anoint and turn into a fucking superstar. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, let's go. Um, I want to know who he's doing that with this year. I I think it'll be a few games before we really know. 
You haven't gotten anything out of listening to him say anything? Not really. I mean, yes, they bring up Trey Palmer and all those things, but again, I, Trey Palmer hasn't done enough. He didn't do enough at LSU for me to say, oh, yeah, that will translate. Well, I, I just think I think he's been talked about a lot by the media because he was the big name that transferred, right? And it's a big thing to bring somebody from a program that won a national championship two years ago. I, I, I've said this already. I, I understand that the stats uh, coming out of last year are pretty close to similar between Trey Palmer and Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. Obviously, the programs that they come out of are drastically a little different quality. Drastically different quality. I I like Isaiah Garcia Castaneda a little bit more only because he was the focal point. I'm not trying to say he was the number he's one. He's been the guy though. He's been, he's been one of the guys, if not the guy, one of the guys at the program that he was at as a wide receiver. From again? New Mexico State. Okay. Again, garbage program. It, well, but let's not put them down. It is what it is. Did they win more than three games last I, year? Uh, they're <laughs> trash. Um, they, they're here's here's the thing. New Mexico State will win. <laughs> they play week zero against Nevada. They'll win the game this weekend, and they probably won't win another one. They're trash. They're a garbage cool. program. And I, and I get that. And so I do. I do question whether or not being the guy air quotes there, being the guy at a program where you have no pressure on you. Yeah is even relevant compared to being the third or fourth or fifth guy at a program like LSU. Like I said, the, the comparison's not the same. I just like the guy that has been in the position more uh, in, for lack of a better phrase, pressure situations. Sure. Uh, Size-wise, how do they compare? Uh, I don't have all that stuff up right now. Matt could possibly look that up, but... Trey Palmer's it's been a while probably, since I've seen you shut that computer. Is this thing my, dead? Ba- my battery was starting to run a little low. So, oh, <laughs> gotcha. Just look now up. Now we're gonna get the real Jed here. No, just, no crutch. Oh, on I the still, computer. I still got the uh, notes, but just look up Huskers.com. The the ra- the roster, Matt. Um, I I want to say Trey Palmer's like five eleven ish. So he's he's not. I thought he was a six one guy. I don't remember. There's there's Trey Palmer right he there. He is six one. Okay. And Castaneda? Isaiah Garcia Castaneda. Wide receiver. Man, he's got a name. He is six he foot. So okay. there's an so Similar Bas- sizes. They're basically the same sizes. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, he's, I don't know. he's 185, and Trey Palmer is probably about 180. 190. Do you see, they're the same guy. Yeah, they're the same, same physical guy. Do you see a way that Omar Manning, because of his experience and because of his familiarity with the program, and from my understanding, the similarities between the offense we ran last year and the offense we're going to run this year, do you see him having an advantage from a, a, a snap standpoint and from a target standpoint? An advantage? No. Uh, because I mean, I mean, him and Oliver Martin. Oh, okay. Uh, no. I, the guys I, that have been here. I think Oliver Martin could have an advantage because of just his athletic ability. Um, he, he's a guy that gets left on the floor a lot uh, as far as peop- name, a lot. names that people bring up. Um, but, I mean, we remember the game, the first game of the season, before he got injured the first game of the season, he had over 100 yards receiving yeah. against Illinois. Um, and then it just slowed him down from there. I, I don't 
I don't know that there is much of a comparison between the two offenses that we're going to run. Um, so I, I don't know that there's much of a, an advantage. The stuff with Omar Manning, it sounds like he has not. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let, let's go back. My brain wouldn't let me, let me go past that processing-wise. You said you don't know that there's much of a comparison between the two offenses? No. That we ran last year Frost, compared to this year? Frost just said in his press conference on Sunday, we're still running our offense. It's just tweaked a little bit. That's basically well, the, what he well, said. Well, then I'm changing a lot of my prediction because we're fucked then. <laughs> okay. Okay. No. I, if I, I might have been mistaken, mishearing what he was saying, but that's that's basically what he said. He goes, he he basically said, I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the exact. Everything quote, that I've he, ever heard him say is that it's a good mix between the offense. I've never heard him say we're running our offense. All right, all right, fair I, enough. Again, I'm not I trying to. Mis- I might have misunderstood what he said. I'm just saying everything that I've heard is that it's a blend of the two offenses. Sure, that's the extent of where I've seen him reach towards his offense. So your what was your question again? Over under or which no. player is going to have the most receiving Who, yards? What receiver will have the most receiving yards? Based wide, on wide receiver, because so again you can't go tight end with Trav- Travis Volkolek. No, well I don't think he's going to anyway. I'm just bringing up an example. Yeah, the hmm. I'm going dark horse. Okay, Ramir Johnson. He's not a wide receiver. He's a running he's back. He's going to be a wide receiver but in this he, game. But he's a running back. He's, yeah, he's listed, he's as, a listed as a running back. So, again. Okay. So, I can't use him? No. Come he's, on, man. He's listed he's as a running back. He's a slot kid. My, my question is, which wide receiver? All right, cool. Oliver Martin. You're taking my pick from last year. I'm doing it. Well, <laughs> I think it's a good pick. You, you said he already proved it last year at the beginning of the season. If he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be an amazing receiver for us. He, yeah, he can be. I think he is. He's kind of a Kevin Durant, though, when it comes to in the last five seasons. Can you rely on the guy to keep his knees healthy? Yeah. I. There's a part of me that says that they want to try to prove a point with the Trey Palmer stuff. Uh, right out of the gates. Can you talk on that a little bit about the prove the point thing? Because you've made mention of that with the Raiola hire too. I think it's more about what you talked about with uh, the running back situation where you said that they keep bringing up Jockey Ant. They keep bringing up Trey Palmer. Trey Palmer's okay. the, like the first guy out of their mouth. Okay. And I question that just because I haven't seen it. It doesn't mean that I think that it's not going to work with Trey Palmer. Well, and the wide receivers is the one thing that I've not heard good things about no. out of camp at all. No. It's it's You've talked about how it's been negative. Like I told you, I called you. I have I have a coworker who's got a, a, mm-hmm. I think a son-in-law that is coaching some or not reffing. coaching but refing yep. some of the scrimmages going on, saying that the defense looks fucking amazing, and that the offense has not looked good at all, and specifically the wide receivers aren't looking good. Um, it, it makes me question it because Mickey Joseph is obviously effective as a wide receivers coach. Mm-hmm. Is he just not finding the right guys to make? Happen, happen, because the the biggest reason I question that, and then I also would point to Trey Palmer being that solution would be, why would he bring him here from LSU if he's already gotten two years worth of look at him? He wasn't that effective in their system, but still decided to let him come here anyway. Mm-hmm. 
That's the other reason why I think maybe your pick on that is probably a good one. Well, I'm not picking Trey Palmer, though. Oh, I thought you just said you no, did. No, no, no. I said there's a part of me that wants to pick him because I think because they're going to want They want to try to prove a point. I feel like they want to try to prove a point with Trey Palmer. All right. Um, there's also a part of me that wants to pick Mar- Marcus Washington, the transfer from Texas, because Casey Thompson and Marcus Washington are going are already have that connection. How did he play for, last year for, for he, Very. I mean, he played, but... It was kind he of. Wasn't it, a guy. it was a lot. It was a lot, a lot like Trey Palmer. You know, Got he it. was he was in the mix, but he wasn't anything that was. So Thompson had the opportunity to throw to him, didn't that much. Well, it, whether or not he was on the field, I'm I'm just saying he has this rapport with Marcus Washington at least through practice. Sure. At Texas, so there's a connection there. Um, but I'm I'm gonna stick with the guy at least as of right now because I I've been talking about him all off season and I'm just gonna go with Isaiah Garcia Castaneda because I think that he can be one of those dudes. Um, I'm not gonna call him Samari Toure type guy um, because at that the was, sa- how did you know that was a question I was gonna ask? Because at the <laughs> sa- but here's the thing at the same time you know we're just talking about transfer guys coming in Isaiah Garcia Castaneda uh, Samari Toure. <laughs> And then the previous year, we had Kanavainoa, uh, who I also thought was going to be really good here. And he wasn't garbage, but he wasn't very good. So, you know, maybe he, maybe Isaiah Garcia Castaneda is going to be somewhere in between. Number eight. <laughs> or whatever. But I'm going to go with Isaiah Garcia Castaneda as far as most uh, receiving yards in this game. All right. All right. God damn. It, honest to God, it makes me want to. Trade over to Trey Palmer though. Now that I thought about it. Oh, you got. Martin. I'm switching. I'm switching my two first picks now. Nope, we're gonna stick. With All Martin right, I'll stick with Martin. <laughs> All right. Yeah, uh, you're really getting won over by whatever Jed says tonight. <laughs> well, here's my thing though: is it's it's I'm going against my nature to say the the initial pick, and then I'm going back to my nature and say the say the Trey Palmer pick. So, I don't know, man. I I just don't fucking know. Uh, Nebraska rushing yards for the game. I got 299.5. Woo! They had 427 last year, but they've only had over 350 yards rushing three times under Scott Frost. What about 300? What's that 300 mark look like? Um, I don't have that. That's a real good over-under. I like that. That's a high over-under. On rushing yards? Rushing yards by Nebraska, 300. That's a fucking high over under. I I kind of thought it was high too, but at the same time they had over four, well over four hundred last year. Um, How many times did we even rush for three hundred last year? Well, I think twice. I'm going under. I'm going under on that. I, I just just because of kind of what we talked about. That was an outlier game. We came out feeling real hot. They came out feeling real sour. And it was like Frost said in his press conference. He's been on both sides of those games, and he knows that those don't ever feel good. They don't go the way you ever think that they're going to. Mm-hmm. I see this being like a seventeen or twenty-one point game, twenty-four point going game. Maybe if we really have a good day, it's not going to be another fifty-point game. I don't think so. So I'm I'm saying under on that. I think I think it's going to be a pretty balanced attack. I think that if we're up. Um, up in the fourth quarter, that's where you're going to see some rushing yards start to stack up. But I don't see us pulling ahead probably until the second half. So, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm going under on that. I think we'll be in like the 250, 275 range. I I actually think the number is pretty close. Um, 
there's a part of me that wants to say over. Let me slide this picture of Kool-Aid a little over. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and slide this over. I wish we were on camera right now. I'm sliding this thing across the table to Jed right now. Go ahead, Big Matt. Big picture you, of red Kool-Aid. Go I, check it out I, I on Facebook. I don't know if that's an indictment on Nebraska or Northwestern there, but so, I'm thinking but, over, dude. I, I, I think we're up there. So there's a part of me that wants to say over because of what we did last year uh, with the 427. And not that we're, I think we're going to get anywhere close to the 427, but... Northwestern did bring in a couple of transfer defensive tackles like we did. Um, so that could change their defensive line specifically. But also at the same time, do I trust our offensive line? That's one of the biggest things. I love our running back room. No matter who we throw out there, we could throw three or four guys out there and I'm comfortable. Am I comfortable with the guys? When's the last that, time you could say that? A uh, long fucking time. Well, when, it, it would like, be Ramirez. Or not Ramir, Amir, uh, Rex Burkhead, and Braylon Hurd. Uh, Aaron, Shit, Aaron yeah. Green was in that, that room. That was a fun fucking, oh, yeah. Yeah, that that would be it. That was a good time. Yeah. That was a good time. You, th- you know the best part about that was, though? Watching Amir leave and Rex Burkhead just go beast mode the next year. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Um, Shit. So I'm going to go, I, I actually, Matt, I'm going to say I agree with you. I'm going to go over, but I don't think it's going to be much over. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be crazy, but yeah. I think 310, 320. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. PJ, you yes. have to keep one pick that you pick initially. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not going back on it. I'm not going back on it. Put but the Kool-Aid here, down. No, 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 no. He's got he the clear, He clearly did put the Kool-Aid hey, I down. Shipped, I shifted the Kool-Aid over to Jed's side of the table today. I uh, should I add some of this Kool Aid to my Jaeger orange juice? Please don't. That sounds disgusting. Let's just try it. It's cherry Kool Aid. Oh, bro, that's oh. It's gonna look like vomit. Oh my god. Let's see what happens. It actually kind of looks like a Sex on the Beach right now. Yeah, it looks like uh, looks like you threw some cranberry in that bitch. That's pretty pink. Actually, I think it'll be pretty tasty. So much for no more shots on this show. <laughs> yeah, we right. just got the throat noises. Excuse me for it. my throat noises. That's not terrible. You didn't hardly add it. So if you not, have to say it's, it's not, not that, that much. bad, you want me to chug it. Yeah, Jesus. yeah, there you go, Matt. If you have to say it's not that bad, it means it is that bad. No, that's not true. You, did you want me to chug this or no? No. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. <laughs> let's let's we'll cut. Yeah, let me just mute your mic. Uh, no, I'll just move it away. Oh, Jed didn't throw it down. Just didn't throw. It. Do we have? Yeah, we gotta have. You, you can't. You can't not have a drink for the rest of the show. We got four questions on there. That's wild. I don't he's know. going at it, though. I got more beers he's a, over there. And here's Jed. He's coming around to the last turn. And, and, and there he is. Cross the finish line. Gross. Yeah, he just threw down about 16 ounces of Jaeger orange juice. That was about a half, a, half a pint glass. So we just did our rushing yards. Northwestern rushing yards. I initially put this at a number, but I'm actually going to change it. What number did you put it at? 99.5. Ooh. But you talked yourself into changing it already because you talked about two running backs that they've got that are good? No. Uh, it, it's because I actually was thinking draft. about this earlier today because, uh, again, I was listening to Mike Schaefer uh, interview on with, with Josh and John on the Unsportsmanlike Conduct. They were talking about the running game with Northwestern and um, the number that they came up with. They weren't necessarily go, doing an over-under thing or whatever, but he, uh, I think it was Mike Schaefer that said that he could see them going roughly around 120 yards rushing. And as soon as I heard it, I was like, that. I think that's a little bit better than the number that I had. Um, yes, Northwestern had 37 
rushing yards last year. Under Scott Frost, Northwestern averages 93.5 uh, God, Are you yards. serious? Yeah. Well, well you, you also did just say uh, they lost 50 yards to their quarterback. Yes. So really it was closer to 80 yards. Exactly. That's kind of my point that um, you could kind of say, are they going to lose that many yards again this year? Um, so I'm going to bump it up to see if they're going to get to 120 yards rushing. <laughs> Uh, and say 119 and a half rushing yards for Northwestern. Did the left tackle that you were talking about for Northwestern? Did he play in last year's game? As far as I know, I mean, I we don't know that um, because that's that's what I want to know. When we talk about the the quarterback being a stoic pocket passing quarterback, I remember getting into him a lot. If that left tackle played in last year's game and they haven't made massive op- offensive line upgrades. Based on what I've heard preseason and in camp about how we're getting in the backfield more as a defensive line, I don't see that number going down as far as what he lost. Well, and the, and the question kind of goes into how well do you think our sack numbers are going to be a possibility for this game? Um, how well will the edge rushers be, not just for passing situations, but... Will they get in the backfield and make tackles? What did you say our total sacks were for last year, like 19? Uh, it was, yes. It, it was, was terrible. Yeah, it was bad. God, I'd love to come out of this game with like five sacks to start the season. I mean, that's what Nebraska had against Colorado in their first game of the season, and that didn't turn out to oh, be consistent. Uh, yeah. So yeah. we had five sacks against Colorado in that game in Colorado. So Fuck. I mean. We all know how that game went. Exactly. Um, I'm going over, uh, mostly just because I feel like it's going to be a more competitive game, but I also feel like if it's going to be a more competitive game, they're going to have to be able to run the ball a little bit. Mm -hmm. Also combined with kind of the things you've talked about, how the middle of our defensive line is not necessarily, it's a question mark. It's not, it's not something that we know is a strength or not a strength. We just have it as a question mark, and because I don't know the answer to that, and them having a dude that is probably a top-five pick at left tackle, they're going to be able to run the ball at least a little bit. And if they have two stud running backs instead of one, I'm, I'm there. I'm going over on that. Okay. Uh, the number's probably 150 to 200, but I'm going over. All right. Matt, what you got? And I'm still capitalizing on maybe 40 to 50 yards of lost yardage by their quarterback. Okay. I'm going to say under. I I feel like the 100-yard mark was probably closer to where they're going to be. Uh, they're going to be, you know, slightly above that maybe, but I don't see them hitting 120. So. I initially said the 100 because again, the average is 93 and a half uh, on against Scott Frost. So that I was like, oh, 100, you know, just kind of do a nice round number. Well, you but see, you see the same quarterback plan. Yeah. I see him losing some yards again. So I'm going to go And again, go under. You asked BJ, you asked about did the left tackle play? He I believe he did, and they and still played, and they still only had thirty seven rushing yards. Yeah, if he played, then in my mind he didn't play. Like based on the numbers that Granted, you're telling it's, me, it's one guy out of four no, out I, of five. I get so that. I get that. There's only so much he can do. He's exactly. only blocking at maximum two guys. Yes, uh, but I've also like that's a that's a common theme that I've heard about this camp was it's a, there's a heavy focus on getting in the backfield early, getting to the quarterback. Getting in the backfield, tackles for loss are a key focus. And whether that means we're going to give up bigger chunk plays in the running game, that's my biggest question. 
And so if we're going to give up bigger chunk plays on the interior, like if they if they catch us in a hole on the interior because we're trying to rush the outside, that's my biggest question. That's why I think there might be a little bit more play there, and that's why I'm going over. I, I, I honestly, everything that you just said is why I'm going over. I, I that's the same thing as far as the the holes that I see. Until they prove me otherwise, the holes that I see on the defensive line in the, on the interior uh, scare me too much uh, to say 120 because 120 yards, honestly, any college team should get that in their sleep. Do we know anything um, about the rest of their line or no? I mean, the other the other tackle on the other side is not horrendous, but you know, so the running game focuses way more on your guards though. Yes, I was just gonna say. So maybe it's a matchup of a bad interior defensive line, or or at least an unproven interior defensive line, and an inexperienced, unproven interior of the offensive line. Cool. So I mean, who knows? So we brought Matt in on the last two questions, but we I, didn't get him on the first two. I was so just going to need to go back to that. I honestly was just getting ready to do that. I like I like I like throwing Maddie in here on these. So Matt, who do you think will get the first running back carry? It's honestly, it's going to be whoever's in the game first. Um, <laughs> we're going to run the ball within wow. the first three plays. So, <laughs> Matt, who do you think the first running back to get the first carry is for Nebraska? The first, is. the first guy that's in the game. It'll be him <laughs> for sure. <laughs> that, think, that guy. So you think, think it's going to be, be like Gabe Irvin, Anthony Grant, Jock Yant? It'll be Anthony Grant. I bet. I bet he starts. And I bet we're going to run the ball within the first three plays. Okay. Uh, and then you know what I would love to see, just as a christening of the new quote. I'm throwing up air quotes. New offense in the in the new frost era. I want to see an end around type of old school option play run because they've talked about it a Jesus couple different Christ. times. Listen, no, I know that sounds like a stupid old school Nebraska fan thing to say, but whose offense is this? They've talked about it's a blend, like you said. Oh fuck off! I have talked. That. They just did. listen. They've <laughs> talked about. <laughs> oh, Jed is Jed's rolled his eyes more than the last. Can, can you get this Kool Aid out of my drink? Yeah, he put. <laughs> by the way, we stopped the show. Went and got new drinks. Jed comes back in with a fresh OJ Jaeger, and he's like, "God damn, this cherry, this cherry Kool Aid's kind of good in this." So just so you guys know, it wasn't just a joke. <laughs> He's legitimately <laughs> drinking the Kool-Aid tonight. I went out and bought this pitcher that looks just like the fucking Kool-Aid man pitcher. Oh, yeah. And put cherry Kool-Aid in it because he came over for dinner before this show. And I'm like, you know what we're drinking tonight, Jed? It's Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah, and now it and looks now, like and Jed's now, drinking and no, a Yoo-Hoo no one's, bottle. And a <laughs> a Yoo-Hoo bottle. Yoo-Hoo's brown. That's just not even that is brown on the bottom of that glass. That is orange <laughs> and red, brother. I don't even know what you're talking about. I got to I gotta mix it a little. You need, you need to get some glasses, man. Jesus. Some color glasses, I guess. No, it, it, but Jed's the only one that's actually legitimately drinking the Kool-Aid tonight. So I'm impressed by this. <laughs> I'm very impressed. Um, what was the second question for Matt? The wide receivers? Uh who will be the leading wide receiver in yards for Nebraska? Omar Manning, for sure. Omar, yeah. Wow, that was a that was a quick answer on that. He's got the size. He's got the. I mean, it's gonna be him. The only the only thing that I think has held him back his entire time here is his inability to get on the field because of other things. It's all in his head, and 
unfortunately, head games and problems with focus and mental fortitude are really what I think has plagued this team in the past. So I don't know if he's the guy to go to or not. Is that a wrong thing to say? No, not at all. And I I don't want anybody listening to this to get the impression that I'm disparaging, you know, mental health in any way or anything like that, because obviously I think mental health is extremely, extremely important. What I'm saying is, as a collegiate athlete, you have an expectation to be able to be on the field and available when you're supposed to play. That has nothing to do with condemning his mental health or anything like that. And if that is a, a true issue for him, I'm, I'm wishing him the very best. It, for- it doesn't make anybody, not, I'm not going to single him out or what, it doesn't make anybody a piece of shit if they're not available. But no, absolutely that, not. But going in, that is the expectation. That is the expectation. It's not. It, it has nothing to. Uh, I'm not. I'm not downgrading you. I'm not saying anything negatively about you by saying we expect you to be on the field. Yeah. Yeah. So and first game, he's got the size. He's got the experience. He's going to be our guy. I, and if he can I be on the it. field, I can totally see it. Yeah. He was actually the the guy that I was thinking of, and then I'm like, nah, eh, you know, there's some safer options. And I spent a lot of last year risky betting and did what. Jed, how many shot shot bets did I owe you at the end of the season? Like eleven? No, it was, like I that? think it was like six ish. Oh, I thought it was way more than no, that. No, it was it was about six. Oh, but I mean that's a lot considering the entire <laughs> yeah. season. It's like twelve games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt, one more question to catch up. Uh, Nebraska rushing yards over under twenty nine and or two hundred ninety nine and a half. He said that. He said that over. Oh, I didn't write it down. I'm sorry. He thought that number was right. My bad. I didn't write that, it down. That number feels really close to me. You're right, because so I agreed with you. That's my bad. I'm take the over, but just barely. Okay. All right, let's go to number five. Number five. I almost put this question as the last question just because it's the old reliable. And Oh, the return <laughs> game. Here we go. Let's burn BJ some more, because this was about half or if not more. Of the shots that I owed you last year. Yeah, it was a lot <laughs> of them. better not be the story of the year this year. Oh, no. Trust me. How boring of a story anyway. I I want to... Fartworthy. <laughs> I only continue to bring this question up every single week because of the situation that it was where we kept dropping the total. And that was why it continued to be a question. Because it was kind of the joke of the season. I am putting the number, so it's punt return yards, total punt return yards, not average. Can I stop you? Go ahead. I think I remember the first year or the first first over-under we did this on last year was like game three or four. Because before that, it wasn't really a thought. I don't know. I I probably put it at the first one because it was a thought two years ago, too. We weren't doing doing the show at that time, but I'm just simply saying. It might have been, but I remember it being like 10. Yeah, no, it started at 10. Are we there? I went higher than 10 as far as the over-under. Oh, no, hold on. No, I I put the number there because of our previous show with Josh. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sliding this Kool-Aid back over to Jed here. No, no, no. There we go. You don't know know what my answer is. I put the number where I put it because of the conversation that we had with Josh, where I talked about how many uh, punt returns will we have of 10-plus yards. And you and Josh both were talking about how I could see two or three just in the Northwestern game. Well, I mean, if you can see two or three just in the Northwestern game, then that's going to be much more than 10. So 
I put the number at 15 and a half. It doesn't mean that I think that you can push that Kool-Aid back over to you. That doesn't mean that that's... <laughs> I was basing my number off of the conversation that we had previously. You're trying to use my own my own previous words against me. Absolutely, I, I am. I got it. Nice, <laughs> nice work, kid. Nice work, kid. Nice work. Kid, I'm 15 years older than you. Ah, uh, <laughs> you're a kid at heart. Come on now. I know, I know. I'm just Come kidding. on now. That's a compliment, my man. And it's not 15, but whatever. Uh, no, it's like, what, 12? Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Who's counting? Oh, uh, shit. So, no, 15, last week. 15 and a half yards. Total punt return yards. Oh, my God. This is like a total trap question because it feels like. I, God damn it. I'm going over, and here's why. Okay. Not because I have any faith in our return game right now, but because I have faith in our defense. And the fact that I think Northwestern is going to spend a lot of time sitting their punter out there, I think I think we're probably going to get five to seven, eight opportunities to return punts in this game. Uh, do we have the numbers on how many punts they had last year in that game? I was just in the process. Matt, of can you uh, can you do something I, with that? I got it right here. Hold on. Okay. Uh, Northwestern punted the ball zero times last year. What they went for it on fourth every time. We just didn't force a punt last year. They scored seven points. I I know what they so did. So it was all fucking turnovers and turnovers on downs? I guess. I'm just I'm looking at the game by game. I mean, Matt, you can double check that if you want to, but I'm looking at it right here. Punts. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm looking at punt returns. My bad. I I believe we didn't punt to them. No, no, no. I'm looking at returns. We had zero returns. I'm sorry. I So that means that they I was looking at the wrong one. So Northwestern punted the ball 6 times. We had zero Only returns. Only 6. Okay. Sorry, Matt. I got it. I was looking at our returns. I do believe because of the coach that Pat Fitzgerald is, they probably have a good special teams coverage. But I am going to say just based on this is this is actually tonight is why I would say this is different tonight slash what I heard yesterday um, is just that Trey Palmer is not the focal point on the return game mm-hmm. and the fact that we do have extra competition back there that tells me there's some good shit happening and if that dude whoever it may end up being that's back there returning punts can make the first guy miss once he'll get ten. 12 yards right there. It has to happen twice in a game for it to go over 15. I'm there. I'm in. I'm over. Cle- Let's go over. Let's fucking go over. <laughs> clearly, Nebraska had zero last year against Northwestern. Yeah, clearly. That's but what the numbers n- say. Northwestern gave up 15.8 yards per game last year in punt returns. That's, that's and we all, had zero. That's another... Jesus. Yeah, but we in also... a game where we won 54 to We seven. also didn't return any, but... That's kind of the other reason why I put the number at 15 and a half because they had averaged 15.8 last year. So it was it was partially that number and also the conversation that we had previously where you and Josh specifically were very confident in what's going to happen on a punt return game for this first game. Can I ask a question? Do you think there's been a schematic change on that? Because it did seem last year like there were a lot of the punt return specifically that we just didn't try on. It was like, we think this is going to land inside the 20. We're not going to try. 
I think it's obvious that we can say we don't know if there's been a schematic change because we haven't seen it yet. I, I think the biggest thing, and I talked about this from the very beginning, whether or not we should hire a special teams coordinator. I think that there's been a significant added emphasis in special teams in a general situation, and I think that can only benefit everything. So I don't whether or not there's been a specific scheme change. I don't know because Bill Bush was there last year too, as an analyst. And as an, I understand that he could not be an on-field coach and all those things, but he was still big air quotes. But he was still in rooms of coaching to be able to tell the real coaches on what to do and all those things. So could there really be that much of a dramatic scheme change? I don't know. Do we know anything about Bill Bush's background prior to this? Oh, yeah. This is his third stint at Nebraska um, as a various different coach, whether it's special teams or defensive backs coach he was back in the day. Um, yeah, Under who? Uh, Sol- I think Solich. Oh, wow. He's that old? Oh, you know, yeah. I know he looks old, but... He's been around. I think he was he was an assistant coach under when Frost was playing here. Holy shit! I'm pretty sure. So, I mean, yeah, he's been he's been around the block many many different times. God damn. Okay. Well. Okay. He he's got a little credibility there. Absolutely. You know, he's got a lot of credibility. I didn't know. I honestly didn't know. It felt it. I didn't know his background. I didn't know who he was. And the hire felt like one of those things where it's like the fan base is pushing me to hire a special teams coach. So I'm going to move this analyst to this position. Oh no. He's, he's a very credible, credible guy. Go ahead, ahead, Matt. Just at Nebraska. He was here 90 to 93. So just missed frost. Jesus. Okay. Uh, 2004 to 2007. And then this year. So under Callahan, he would have been here. And then first year, Bo. He started out as a, Special team, what, what was he doing under Callahan? Special teams under Callahan were pretty good. He was an assistant coach, 2004. Doesn't really say his position. Yeah, it doesn't. Okay. Uh, outside linebackers, special teams. Yeah, no. Yeah, he helped in with a lot of different things. But hey, if he's been he's around a utility that much. Guy. Yeah. But if he's been around that much and he's been... It sounded like he was a focal on special teams back then. Mm-hmm. Callahan era, special teams were pretty decent. We had a couple kickers that went to the NFL in there. Um, fuck. I don't know. I'm going over just to be optimistic. Oh, shocker. Optimistic. <laughs> so much Kool-Aid. Hey, you're the one with the Kool-Aid in your Jaeger there, guy. <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. Uh, I'm going under. Nebraska, prove me wrong. I, Hey, dude. I am Matt's uh, throwing daggers. Th- there's there's a giant part I, of me. We're going up from zero. I yes. We're going up from zero. I, <laughs> Leaps and bounds, my man. Leaps and bounds. You know what? I I was swaying back and forth between the two. Matt convinced him. It, it, you did. Prove prove me. Prove it. If the game plan is wave your hand in front of your head so that you don't have to do anything. We're gonna have zero yeah. every time. I, I'm I'm gonna go with the under just because <laughs> of that. I love it. Let me be the winner. All right. Uh, who's going to be the leading tackler on defense for Nebraska? You're obviously. Oh, that's a good one. Obviously, Reimer and Henrich uh, led the team in tackles last year. Um, Can I just say something about Henrich? Okay. I'm impressed as fuck with that kid. Mm-hmm. This is, in, if I'm not mistaken, this is his fourth year. It, he's. 
again, it's the whole country. No, no, it's true sophomore. fourth year. Yeah. So it's just, just it's his true it's this true third year then. Well, it could be his fourth year with the COVID stuff. So again, redshirting COVID and playing two because he's a redshirt sophomore. Who I, I again the COVID well, stuff be, fucks me he'd all be up. He'd be twenty two. Is that third year or fourth year? I want to say this is his fourth year in the program because of the COVID so he was, stuff. He was in. He played with Tabitha's brother at Burke. Okay. And he knew him well, and he said he's a super smart kid, great, great leader. So he played with Chris Hickman too, then. So yeah, the tight end. Yeah, and it was it was awesome, awesome to see him get voted as a captain. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and that came to me. That came out of left field. He I, I wasn't get surprised. A COVID season, so this is his fourth year. I was okay. So that makes sense to me because Nathan is twenty-two. So I that that was shocking to me because I, I wasn't surprised at all that he got one of the spots. No, but he he wasn't a he wasn't a first line starter at the beginning of last year. Yes, he, he was. Well, he he was a starter, but he he if I'm not mistaken, there was an injury that caused him to start at the beginning of the year. Well, you had Will Honus who was in the mix to have one of the starting spots. But that was kind of more. Uh, I think that I'm again. If I'm wrong, I don't. I might be wrong. I thought it was Will Honus and Luke Reimer, and, but Henrich he was he was pretty entrenched. I just thought he was like the third of the of the two guys. I I, I thought it was the opposite, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong as well. Regardless, I was I was a little bit surprised that he got voted <laughs> as captain, um, but I think it's awesome, and I think it. It's super cool to see a homegrown kid getting it done that way. Um, I'm picking him just because of that. You know, whatever. You make your jerk-off signs. And no, I that, that blah, for the blah. homegrown bullshit. <laughs> oh, I know. You hate Nebraska. Yeah, that's it. So hey, you're, you're going Nick? I do want to. I'm going to make a personal apology to you right now. I know that I got into your skin a little bit this week talking about you being oh, a Husker dude, hater. Hey, listen, guess. I'm making a personal apology I got under his skin a little bit this week talking about how he was a hater and it was wrong of me because he's actually not nearly the hater that I like to paint him to be a lot of times. It's kind of just a fun thing to say. He's actually drinking a lot of Kool-Aid. <laughs> he's legitimately drank at least a quarter of this pitcher of Kool-Aid since we started the night. I, I, I will say respectfully, I accept your apology, but you didn't need to say it. Uh, I've told you a thousand times. It's football. It's not real life as far as our conversations go. I don't I don't care. Yeah, do what I pissed? Yeah, but I got over it real quick because it's just football talk. I don't care. It's all Jed, gravy. Jed ain't no bitch. <laughs> anyway, Matt, we um, got Matt gets 12 beers deep and he gets a lot more mouthy on that mic. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> he also still I I think Nick Henrich is going to have a good game. I there are three or four dudes in here that I think could have a really good game yes. this first game. Um, but they they named him a starter as as he's coming in. I, I like him a lot, so I'll go with him as well. Uh, and I'm going to go with the other guy. I'm going to go with Luke Reimer. Uh, I why I, one of the other four guys I was talking about? It's kind of one of those. One guy had over 100 yards. The other or 100 tackles last year. The other guy had 99. You just kind of put two names in a hat and pick one out. I'm with you on that. I mean, I also said. I think he's one of the dudes that's going to get du- double-digit sacks, like he talked about. So, With one of those two guys is going to get double-digit sacks. The line. Oh, did, wasn't Rhyme, wasn't Reimer and Mathis that said they were going to get double-digit? No, sacks? no, no. Garrett Nelson. Oh no, my bad, my bad. No, yeah, completely. My bad. 
That's my bad. Reimer and Hendricks are inside linebackers. You're talking about little, outside linebackers. A little too much crown <laughs> so far tonight. <laughs> All gravy. Kind of going the opposite of the rushing yards for Nebraska earlier in the third question. Passing yards, and I'm going to put it at the exact same number. I put the rushing yards at 299.5. Passing oh yards for Nebraska, 299.5. Do we have an average on Casey Thompson's games last year? Uh, if you give me another second, I can find Matt, it. Matt, pull up Casey Thompson. I'm asking because I feel like he had a lot of big games last year, um, and the majority of his big games were in high-pressure situations, and he thrives. It it, it seems like some, something that I thought was interesting about him. Casey Thompson averaged 176 yards per game. He averaged that when he had... 500 some in the Oklahoma game. Yeah, he only had 2000 yards passing on the season. Jesus Christ. Didn't know it was that rough. Well, I mean it wasn't terrible. I'm just that that's uh, that's another reason why I said that that just basing it off of that one game or No, you're you're right. You know, though. things you're like right, that though. isn't doesn't isn't telling the whole story. That's that's a really good point. You're right. Um 300, huh? Again, th- this is kind of more just asking the question, do you think Whipple is going to chuck the ball around more, or do you think he's going to run the ball more? <laughs> this truly is still, like, my answer's hinging on the wide receivers that we just don't know enough about. And again, it goes back to the one of the questions that I asked for the season over-unders. Is it going to be, a fi- I asked the question over-under, 55% passing on the offense. Yeah. So, again, this is this is a gauge... At least for the first game, where do you think we're going to come out to start? Here's what I think is going to happen in this first game. I think we have we are going to have two-plus plays of 50-plus yards in the passing game. Okay. In the first half. We're going to hit some home runs in the first half. We're probably going to have somewhere in the neighborhood of about 200 yards passing by halftime. And then it's going to become a very um, get ready for your fifth Patriots reference of the podcast. (laughs) A very frustrating Patriots like second half when you're up by two or three scores at halftime where it's basically playing not to lose at that point. Not playing to continue winning, but playing not to lose, where you kind of let them back into it a little bit, and the offense goes completely stagnant, and it fucks your fantasy team hardcore. Yep. That's a that's a Patriots second half in a game where you're up big at halftime. We need like a, I think, we need like a ding-ding side sound effect every time you bring up the Patriots. We'll, we'll do it. I'll, <laughs> I'll add it to the soundboard. <laughs> out of the soundboard this week. Matt can hit it. It's fine. Matt, you can hit the little applause thing for right now. No, it's going to be this. Boom. Patriots, done. That's every time now. From now on, Matt, Matt's got it. The Patriots, apparently it's a joke, but I'm... Yeah, got it. Um, so that's that's what I think is going to happen in this game. Because we've I've watched Frost do it, and it pisses me the fuck off. I don't believe in taking your foot off the gas. It only if pisses op- you off because he do, does it way worse than Belichick does. Well, it, it causes him to lose sometimes. Belichick, who does he coach... The Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I love how you actually just paused for that. Well, no, he hit oh, the wrong Jesus. button. If you were you weren't looking over at him, he hit the no, wrong button at first. <laughs> oh boy. Um, 
We need to wrap this up. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know if we can have you as producer anymore. <laughs> All right, so you're going under. I'm going over. Oh, but basically by accident. I was going to say, the way you were talking it made it sound like you were going under. But. No, I'm going over basically by accident because I think we're going to actually have like 200, 225 in the first half. And we're actually going to be up by maybe like 21, 24, something like that. And then we're going to start letting them back into it because we're going to start running the ball. We're going to have two or three three and outs to start the second half. That's the way I see this type of game going. And it's going to be a an exercise in frustration with our offensive line. Because we're going to be trying to hammer the ball on the run side of things because we're up and we're trying to make a point to balance out the game. And so that's why I think we're going to accidentally end up over 300, but it's going to be like 320. Okay. Matt, you got something? Under. Under? Any specific reason? Nope. Okay. (laughs) Well, I will say I will agree with Matt, and I will say the under – I think a part of it is because I. The funny thing is, so BJ, you took the uh, under on the rushing yards over on the passing yards because of what I just you, talked about. No, I, I get. It. I'm I'm saying is I took the over on the rushing yards and I'm taking the under on the passing yards, and Matt is doing the exact same. I think there is going to be a balance there as far as one is going to be under, one is going to be over. The thing that I think is funny about that is. The way that we're setting this up, I feel like I'm expecting a closer game, and you're expecting more of a blowout. Uh, we'll f- we'll find out at the end of this. I think that's going to be where we're going to see, especially in the first quarter of the season, we're going to see a lot more of our running yards come from the end of games, where we're already up by a few. We've already worked out some kinks in our offense that we wanted to really throw the ball around and chuck it around and get some guys some touches get some guys some live game action feel, and it's worked out because we're playing lesser opponents in the first two or three games, and it's going to be one of those situations where we're going to stack up and rack up those yards that don't mean fucking anything in the third and fourth quarter because we're already up by two or three scores. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nebraska penalties, 5.5 penalties in this game. We averaged 5.3 penalties per game last year. I'm going over. First game of the season, we're going to have some of the yips going on. I bet we have five penalties by halftime, and I bet we only have one or two in the second half. I I completely agree for maybe not exactly the scenarios, but as far as first game of the season. That's uh, the way it is. Coming out, yeah, I agree. Pretty Matt? standard. You can't look at last year's because we had two or three games where we were actually amazing on penalties and had like – like two penalties yep. for a whole game. Um, you know, I, I think of the Oklahoma game, I think we had eight or nine, maybe ten penalties in that game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going over on that just because first game of the season, going to be a little rough. I think the first quarter is going to be interesting to see from both teams. Yes. And you're going to be able to see the I, – I think, I think coaching is going to have – more of an impact on the first quarter of a football game than I can remember in college football history. And in my opinion, just thinking games that I've watched. Well, Pat Fitzgerald said himself that they are they're going to basically be confused for the first quarter, quarter and a half of the game because they don't know how much of the offenses are going to blend between Frost and Whipple's offenses. 
Um, they know what to expect with a Frost offense. They don't know what to expect with a Whipple offense. And he flat you know, out... How don't you? You you have 30 no, years no, no, of but, tape on Whipple. But but you didn't... You never actually played against... Yeah, yeah, you can watch the tape and all that stuff. Whipple has never coached in the Big Ten. I get that. He's never coached against Northwestern. I get that. So it's just more of that. Like how, mu- how much of it's going to be mixed. Nobody knows how much Frost is still involved with the offense. Yes. Like I said, that, that's what Fitzgerald said point blank a couple of days ago. He said, the first quarter, quarter and a half, we are going to basically be running blind. It'll be interesting to see. I think uh, the point that I was getting at was I actually think it's going to be way more having to do with the fact that they're playing in Ireland. Six, I think, what is it? Six or six, 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 six hours. Six hours ahead of us. Yeah. Um, after, you know, they're all going to be dealing with jet lag for, for the week and all that stuff. And they, they both, both teams went over yesterday or on Monday, right? No, uh, Northwestern came over, uh, <laughs> on Tuesday. So, a, oh, a, a so day, a day later. A day later. Yeah. Wow. But they're also um, staying a day later because they don't, they don't have a game next week. Nebraska has a game next week. So they're leaving. Don't like, give right a shit about that. I'm just talking about the I, schedule purposes. I, I personally, when I've, and ugh, fuck, I haven't even had. The, the worst flights that I've ever been on were like four and a half, five hours long. And the jet lag I experienced after that was multiple days. And that was when I was like 22 years old. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the age of these kids. And I remember that being a, that wasn't, that was, that was like a two-day hangover now. You feel those body effects literally two days later. So, and I, and I'm sure it's different for them because they probably are given, you know, hate. Every fucking 45 minutes, you need to get up and walk to the bathroom and walk back. You need yeah. to get up and do this. Like, I'm sure they have protocols and they're, they're doing different things that will help them get by better than me being drunk at 22, dri- flying four and a half hours. I, I, I'm sure that's going to be better. And no disrespect to you, but they're finely tuned athletes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was a finely tuned drinker at the time. You know, we were both good at something. But, um, you know, I, I, I truly believe that we're going to see effects of the challenges that it is to go travel that far to go play a game. You see it in the NFL. You're going to see it in college, hands down. I, sh- I should have asked my daughter how her jet lag was with her, obviously, recent trip. Well, it, shit. Thir- was, it was 13 hours was in say, the shit, plane. Hers was way worse than going to Ireland. Well, but I'm just saying that long in a, in a plane, eight-hour time difference for her. I mean... I, I should have asked her, but I wasn't thinking about jet lag. I was just happy for to have her home, so I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. I'm like whatever. But but I I mean that's that's my biggest thing is you do see defenses lack. That I'm just looking at NFL games mm-hmm. like played in London. Defenses lack. Yep. Um, scoring is typically a little bit higher. Balls are easier to catch. It seems like there's not as much tension. That's what she said. Um, <laughs> especially for <with> London. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, I, I, I just I, I think this is going to be a little bit higher scoring game than it would have been had it been played at Northwestern or Nebraska this year, and I think that it's the first quarter is going to be weird. I think there's going to be some things happen in the first quarter by both teams, mistakes and maybe some awesome plays type, like Sports Center highlight type shit. That that's also kind of what played into my factor of the over on the passing yards mm-hmm. is just some home run hitter. Moves that maybe by the fourth quarter, Northwestern wouldn't allow that type of shit to happen. But in the first quarter, catching somebody off guard, a little bit sleepy, I think stuff stuff like that could happen. Matt, what do you got on penalties? Five and a half. 
I think we're going to be over by halftime. Just first game of the year in a different country. It, we could have more than five just on false starts and offsides. Ooh, false starts. That's a bugaboo. That's the thing. <laughs> and, and, and that's a great point because I yeah. think that's truly, if I'm looking at it and thinking just about, it's going to be false starts and offsides. It's the excitement, the the buildup that we have right now for for getting to what we have, what we're, we're trying to do with this season, and the, the rejuvenation, especially for Nebraska. Um, I truly, truly, truly think that we're going to see a lot of youthful mistakes. All right, last question. Uh, Nebraska sacks on defense, two and a half. Four. Well, we had four last year against them. Four. Okay. So it's a good number. Four. Same quarterback, same offensive line. Let's go. Four. Okay. Matthew. I'm going to go over, but I think it's going to be three. Oops, wrong name. Okay. I. It's hard for me to go over two and a half, considering we had 20 sacks on the season on a 12-game season. Yeah, but you have two players that guaranteed they're going to have 24 between the two of them. No, that, that's not what they said. They said one of them will have double-digit sacks. They did not say both of them will Well, I thought have, they said they both no. will. They both were. They both want to have twenty double-digit sacks, but they both said that independently of themselves that they want. To, Garrett Nelson said, "I want to have double-digit sacks." O'Shawn Mathis says, "I want to have double-digit sacks." The chances of both of them having it slim to none. So they it wasn't a collaborative. We both want to have it. They both independently said they want to have double-digit sacks. I. I kind of just want to say under just because I feel like I'm agreeing with Matt way too much. Uh, <laughs> because I, I, I do agree that there's a highly probability. I like the three number. God, I'm just so smart. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. You're before so you, smart after the 12 beers. Finish you, before you finish answering your question, let me 13. ask you this. <laughs> we have heard a lot about the quarterback rush in this camp. We've heard a lot about how there's been a huge focus on getting to the quarterback, that turnovers and sacks are a big focus of this camp. We talked about that when we previewed the defense, about how turnovers have not been a focus for Chenander in this defense for the Huskers. Do you think that that is something that is going to turn the page this year? Uh, I sure as fuck hope so. Uh, it, it, it has to uh, in order to help that defense defensive line um i'm ultimately with this question i'm going to go with the under and i'm gonna go back to uh one of our questions i don't remember which one it was um oh it was punt return yards prove it i'm gonna go with the under until you prove it to me fair enough that that's that's why i'm gonna do it that way and with that i just want to say jd you've had a lot of kool-aid tonight and i appreciate you i understand that but now what about what do you think the game's gonna be Oh, that, I mean, that's, oh, do we have to answer that question? Well, that's the end of the show. Matt, like, Matt, Matt, what is the over under on the game? It's like, I believe it's 13. No, no, no. Over under no, is like no, 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 49 Matt, and a half to pull, 15. Oh, my bad. Pull yes. the odds. Over under is 49.5. 49.5. I think it's going over for sure. I think it's there's going to be a lot of scoring in the first half, not so much in the second half, but I do think it's going to go over. Um, and I also do see us covering. I think we win by about 17. I. 
it will probably hit the over on the 49 and a half more than likely because that's pretty low. Um, I truly think we hit that over in the game by halftime. I don't know about uh, sure. Um, but as far as the point spread, I think Northwestern covers the point spread. I think it'll be closer than what the 12, 13 points is. Well, prior to last year, every single game we played with Northwestern under Frost had yes. been a one-possession game. Yes. Um, I There's a part of me that wants to say that it's going to be a one-possession game. Um, but I do believe Nebraska wins. I think the biggest thing that I hope for is that it is a close game and we pull it out towards the end because I want I want us to face some adversity and pull some pull out a win. Because that's been our biggest problem. Do you want us to face adversity from ourselves like we did a lot last I don't care. year? I don't care. Just face adversity and overcome it. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'd rather us just stop them into the ground. Oh, hey, that would be fantastic. That's me. But that's not what I see happening. I'd rather so. juggernaut style. Let's go. That'd be great. And this may be the most unbelievable night in Pornester football history. 